When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to There Will Be Dungeons for April 5th, 2020, our 100th episode. Yay! Shoot your shoot your guns in the air. Hold on, where's our guns? Oh, uh, oh yeah! Woo! All right, do it again. Do it again. Okay, here it comes the hoop nanny. Yeah, and the shotgun. Oh, this is, that wasn't as loud. Ninety-seven more times. That's right, and then a portal gun. Okay, uh, we did it, you guys. We hit one hundred. Time to close shop. We're done. Thanks everybody for being here. See you never again. Just kidding. Not true. We're gonna go for another hundred. Let's do it together, shall we? Here on the D and D show you love the most. All right. Uh, before we get going and get too far. Uh, a big shout out to our friends at phoenixpearltea.com. If you haven't heard us mention them in a while, that's just because we were waiting and now it's time. And we're telling you now, go get your tea. Get your D&D and your uh, tea and D. I think I did that See right, the smoke Kristen. coming off that tea? Yeah, look at that. What do you got there? What's in there? Floating in there. That is dust till delight. Nice. And that's, that's tea particulate. That's a detritus, as you would say. So, so, yeah. Yeah. So to make tea work, you got to put the tea particulate into the water. <laughs> that's what I've heard. You've steeped it in there. Well done. Uh, if you I've want, I've got a live pour. Oh, do you? Go do it. One of my favorite things to do. It's a live pour. We're gonna pour yeah. it in. Watch this. I'm gonna get big on the screen here. Oh yeah. You hear it? I hear it, maybe not. I hear it tinkling. Yeah, it's like I a slight. Pour it all night, so it's gonna overflow. There's a nice tinkle. I liked yeah. it. And I'm I'm drinking it out of the mug that Kristen and Kyle got me when we met at BlizzCon. Oh. It says Ebel Pliso. Yeah. Which I think. Is it Latin for Dungeon Master? It's a draconic for storyteller or oh, something okay. similar. Even I got better. as close to Dungeon Master as I could. Even it's a cup better. full of meaning. I'm about to sip it. Even better. If you want to know what that particular tea is or the many other named teas based on stuff and we'll, uh, there will be dungeons, you can find it at phoenixpearltea.com. And if you want 20% off, no matter what you get over there, and it's stuff they have that isn't anything to even do with us, you can get this code to work. It's frog pants, folks are badass. That's the full word. Uh, just put it in. All one word. Frog pants, folk are badass. It's a little long, but hey, who are we to complain? Go do it. That's phoenixpearltea.com. Okay, Kristen, I will now hand you the microphone so you can tell us what happened last week on There Will Be Dungeons. Last time on There Will Be Dungeons, to the library they left. With the black billows banished, the biblios braziers were brightened once more, and the banned books beheld. Verl settled on strength after a failed ferreting of the fastening. 
With a sonorous snap, the cage was clear. Inside were interred innumerable indices, but their focus found diaries of directors and the Demonic Digest. Unfortunately, reading revealed fruitless findings. Opinions on Orcus and assessments of Asmodeus were worrisome but bootless. The adventure appeared abortive until the worrisome walnut let slip a spiel of a spook possessing the palm, perhaps the same spirits burning hope. They went straight away to Stanley and voiced their views. If there were a white in the wanted work, why not defeat and destroy the pernicious power and turn it to a torpid trinket for Tabacho? They all agreed to assess the altercation with the matron in the morning. Daybreak dawned to a roused and ravenous Stanley Nash and Hope. Coming to the kitchen, they managed to make a mouth-watering meal despite a delayed Varel. Stomach stuffed, they wound their way to the morning meeting, but before settling into seats, Hope revealed the revelation that the voice had verified its mind to materialize momentarily. And so they sat, stressed at the idea of an incoming insincerity. But the meeting meandered without murder. Paladins on Pegasi were to plummet to their predicament, pick up the palm, and present it to paradise. Apprehensions about the apparition were argued, but to no avail. As the cubby cleared, the commander cornered Stanley, expressing her eagerness to establish a home with him once they could congregate with kids. Now rejoin our heroes as they prepare for a possible perjured pretense. How will Stanley take to his trysts try for tranquility? Will the promised paladins pull in punctually? And just who will wind up winning the weaponized fist? Stay tuned for today's adventure through the high heights and singular sights of the Outlands. Right, Bo, you have the keys. We continue our adventure today in the White Tower, an ancient structure that has been manned by the Order of the Obsidian White for millennia. On one of the floors rests a small chapel where an important meeting for the upcoming battle had just been held. The chapel's has is darkened with a few braziers illuminating the room and casting shadows in wild places all over. Stanley Billings stands before Elantris Vane, the night commander of the Obsidian White, guarding this tower, and had just professed some elaborate plans for the future for her and Stanley. She looks at you, having stopped her speech, her eyes sparkling the dancing fire of the brazier dancing in her eyes she waits a response for you from you there's nothing I would like better than to have the hope of the future but first I must uphold a promise I've made the promise I need to keep before I can let my life rest in any form. And that is the promise to get my friends back home. She looks at you, processing the information, and the full five seconds goes by in silence. And then you hear. <laughs> She begins looking around 
starts patting herself. And then she opens up a compartment in her in her plate armor and pulls out a stone and you hear <laughs> She says I'm sorry, Stanley, I need to see this message. And she waves her hand across the stone and brings the stone up to her ear, and just as she does that, you hear and you feel something dancing amidst your cloak. Okay, I'll step back and produce the sending stone. Okay, and it it does appear that your sending stone is also notifying you of an incoming message. Alright, I'll, uh... How about, I mean, I'm am I far away for some level of privacy from her you're standing, and her You're standing right in front of her. You had, were having an intimate <laughs> moment, and your your stones went off. Well, I didn't know... <laughs> oh, it wasn't the first time. Um... <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know how far she had uh, had stepped away. So she hadn't uh, stepped away. She's got nothing to hide from you. So she's standing right there. Okay, I'll. Uh, the muscle. I'll also press the button and hold the stone to my ear. Okay, the message begins playing back. You hear wind. <laughs> it's Captain Waltz. I didn't hear back from you. We've seen Pegasus Riders on the horizon. And we have a feeling today is the day something's going to go down. So we're making a pass. We're following them. I don't know if you can see us from the tower, but when you're ready, this is your one chance. Make it count. The message ends. And Night Commander Elantris also pulls her stone away. And looks at you intently and she says, We're out of time. The riders are coming within the hour. Yes, I just got a uh, summons from the airship. They are en route as well. They are behind the Pegasus riders. Then we shall have this conversation later. For now, to battle. What exactly is our plan at this point it's your plan we're going to use your teleportation to get to the roof which is normally inaccessible and when the riders come in we will hand it off to them and they will have a significant head start over the hordes of hell and the abyss and should make it clear to the other side but like commander Thale says they think they've been spotted they can't be sure. The main host of Pegasi riders are going to engage with the army in order to provide a distraction. While a small group meets us at the top of the tower, we hand off the treasure. We defend the riders from any attacks that, of desperation that may occur while we are upon the roof. And once we see the riders safely off, we return inside to the tower and await for their retreat. And then the battle is won. We can get through this. Well, my main concern is that they're going to have an airship of uh, criminals chasing them down, likely. Can you tell them to break off? I can certainly try to do that. Tell them that Euphemius 
will judge them harshly if they intercede in these affairs. I don't think that's actually going to discourage them none. Uh, Non-followers of Euphemius are not exactly thrown by the threat. But uh, we can attempt something. Do you think that these criminals of yours will attempt to intercede with the riders? I mean, they sent us here. They certainly want it bad enough. I don't know. This is your domain, not mine. Varel, what do you think? Hey. I think we should entertain the idea that the Pegasi are a ruse, a lie, sent by the demons, and they are here to collect their prize. I assure you Knight Commander Thale is an honorable paladin. If he says there are Pegasi riders coming, then they are coming. I'm not saying that he's not an honorable man. He may not be himself, possessed by one of these demons. It's all too convenient, too soon. They are rushing to the tower with all haste, Pharrell. Perhaps they are ahead of schedule. Too convenient. Well, I have we know for a brothers. fact that uh, Pegasi are on the way. We've heard that from this new airship commander. He has no reason to lie about it, but what their intentions are does remain somewhat unclear. The other concern I have and have to consider is that if I do send a message back, then it will be known for sure that we managed to make it to the tower. If we don't respond, if we disappear, there's a chance they assume your order managed to find us out and kill us, and that's not any revenge that's going to be sought on our world what? if they just assume we failed. Yes, that we could do that, right? We have someone else answer the stone. Tell them we were captured, killed. It's a good idea. That's not we a bad have plan. You send a message and say your little incursion has been foiled. Ask them to surrender in the name of Euphemius. Make them think the whole mission is for nothing. Maybe they'll turn around and leave. All but me, then. I will not have some false story spread in Sigil about my defeat. No, I agree with Vorel, but for different reasons. One does not lie simply because it's a convenient way to defeat our enemies. I'm not looking right to way. defeat enemies. I'm looking to protect a world. If we <clears throat> make it clear that we came here and betrayed him, the one portal that we know to our world is now held by a criminal who wants us dead. There's a lot of people that could suffer. We cannot compromise our morals and ideals simply because it's inconvenient. There must be a better way through this situation. I, I will not stand here and allow one of my men my brothers or sisters to lie on your behalf simply to form some kind of backhanded ruse if they intend to intercede we will meet them on the field of battle just as 
will meet any demon or devil from any pit they come from. And where will the followers of Euphemes be when they turn their attention to our world? You cannot... She takes a deep breath. <clears throat> she says, Oh, Stanley. You come from misery. You come from... From place where everything is... Is awful. And you've had no choice but to resort to desperate tactics and... Uh, of desperate men. That is not the way towards the light. We cannot adjust our character simply because evil has the upper hand. It's not your fault that evil perverts your lands and your world. And don't compromise the only thing that you have that is under your own control, your soul. We won't lie or you subterfuge. We will exercise the will of Euphemius, if necessary, to solve our problems. Call them back and command them to turn around, that you have it under control. And you do. There's no lie there. Do you think they listen to you? No. Who am I to them? I'm the person they asked to do a thing. Then we must fight them too. Is there any way that we could impede them before they reach the tower? We could simply ask for more time, tell them to circle back. See if they can buy us any more time rather than rush in. Look, I'll be back. But now that we know it's within an hour, we have to start making preparations. I must start gathering the men and women of the tower and prepare them for defenses. If you need anything, go to the sub-basement. The blacksmith is down there. It can prepare you with any weapons you might need and meet back up here in 15 minutes. Before I go, we're not going to be able to know when they've arrived, and there's no windows in the tower, and we can't wait on the roof signaling them, so we'll need to send out scouts. You've met some of the brothers and sisters here. Do you have any recommendations on who I should send as a scout? How dangerous is the scouting mission? The land surrounding the tower, the covered in dredges. Very dangerous. All right, we've well, got no options. Maybe don't send Walnut. Is all I'm saying. Is all Nash would say. Agreed. He'll die. Well, that's not why I'm sending him. He has difficulty in anxious situations. Still learning to keep his hands steady. What about Gregor and Clutchup? I mean, we face them in battle. I can't say that I was overly impressed, but they seem good enough. 
They're not there to fight. They're there to observe. And once they see the riders coming in to come back to the tower and alert us, at which point we teleport to the roof. They let us live. I trust in their observation and decision making. Good. Come up with a plan for how to deal with the ships. I'll prepare the defense of the roof. How many teleportation scrolls do you have? We should bring as many people above as we can. Not many. I believe I only have one left. I can cast it myself. You have only one left. Thanks, that's what I'm looking. Yep, one left. So you can only bring... How many can you bring to the roof? Nash is capable of casting the spell, as am I. And then we have the scroll itself. That's so it's like two per spell because you can bring a buddy, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, so how many? We need two. How many people can you bring up? Uh, well, we would have to theoretically teleport back because do you have to be a caster in order to to read it, the scroll and use it? You have yes, you have to be able to read that spell that school. So you have to be able to class appropriate for that. Uh. Well. Because we would have to teleport back in. Yeah, you're going to be mewling people. So that would be one trip with one person, then one trip back, then one trip, two people out, and then one person could do a one-way trip. So that's five. We can get five people out there. And do you have enough spell slots to bring people back? And then I don't know if Scott still has that spell or not. I don't. Oh. I was about to, I just didn't want to interrupt. I don't have that spell anymore. If I burn everything as much as I possibly can, I can cast it five times. Six with the scroll. Well, that's enough, right? Well, assuming you want to bring the four of you and the Knight Commander, that's five. So it's going to take you five casts of the spell, or four casts of the spell to do it? So give Nash the scroll. That's Nash and one person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then Stanley goes with Varel, then back, then Hope, then back, then the Knight Commander, and Stanley. Okay, so there's one, two, back is three back again four so four spell casts will get it the five of you onto the roof it doesn't allow anything more than one other person nope hmm any other teleportation spells nope I have a um, teleportation circle but it's use case is not this teleportation circle yeah, uh, cast a spell. You draw a 10-foot diameter circle on the ground inscribed with sigils that link to your location to a permanent teleportation circle of your choice whose sigil sequence you know. The problem is I don't have a, I don't have that anywhere. So I need a, I need a base um, permanent circle somewhere else to go to it. Right, right. Now that, wait, that wouldn't work in uh, Tiatkala Basement, would it? No, because I didn't have. Yep. It can't. Uh, the only yep. problem is it can't cross planes. Oh, okay. Well, even if it could, I it, didn't set that as, up as a. I didn't have the spell does. then, so. 
It does work as a teleportation circle, however, in that plane. I think Stanley had established that with Nobieri. Oh, all right. That's the case. So, cool. If you do make it back to Earth, you can use that to get back to Tietkala instantly. So that's kind of cool. But yeah, you can't create permanent circles until you cast the same location every day for one year in that spot. <laughs> so you can't just put the sigils on the ground. Like, you can put the sigils on the ground as the from destination, but the to destination right. has to be there. Um, but the night commander listens to you saying this. And she goes, there might be a teleportation circle in the basement. It hasn't seen use in some time. Perhaps you should go investigate. We should. Why is Why are we only now hearing about this? It's the first time it's come up in conversation. All right, let's go. Who wants to go with me? All right, I'm off to see to the knights. Figure out how what you're going to do about the that. I can't. I can't solve all of it. I'm going to take care of the defense of the handoff. But before you go, um, is the main gate the only way directly in or out where we can actually open a passage? Yes, the main gate's the only way in or out. It's While we do not have a lot of scrolls of Dimension Door, we can do the reverse gravity. It would be very treacherous, but we could hit a lot more people and float up the side of the tower. Uh, how high does the reverse gravity go? I don't know. I didn't research this. Plus, wouldn't we, wouldn't we fall at, at velocity and not float? Unless, I well, guess... Reversing gravity... <laughs> yeah, it just flips the other way. You're still falling, right? Yeah, into the sky. I don't know. This was suggested to Stanley. He didn't research this spell at all. We get a reverse parachute. Yeah. Reverse gravity. Let's see. It's a 100-foot-high cylinder, so you can move up 100 feet. How tall is the tower? Mm, probably about 100 feet. It has eight floors. Okay. 10 feet. Say about 15 feet of floor. It's probably close. If not enough. Personally, I love this idea. I will go with the scouts then. We will use the reverse gravity, run up the side of the tower, and join you. Uh, all right, we, but we will need somebody who can cast the spell. Walnut. <laughs> uh, it's tagged as available for druid, sorcerer, and wizard. Oh, so Stanley wouldn't even be able to use this. Mm -hmm. Well, we didn't think this plan through very well. Whoever came up with this plan for Stanley did a bad job. <laughs> <laughs> well, there must I... be one of those in the tower. I mean, Nash could do it. It could do it. But technically, reverse gravity, I think it just affects people in the AoE, so you can bring up as many people as you want. In a, yeah. Did the lady leave already? Bo? No, we were still talking to her about this. Oh. Uh, she hasn't left yet, but she's slowly inching her way to the door. She's <laughs> trying to, like... I'll the, just say... The riders are going to be there within an hour. She has a whole... Uh, 
she's got to get the whole tower ready. So I'll just say, I'll just say place. quickly. Do you are there any other magic users? Any are any with arcane knowledge in this place? No, this is not a tower for wizards and sorcerers. It's a tower erected to defend the followers of Euphemius. So only relics of holy nature are found here. But you may wish to speak with the blacksmith. Relics of holy weapons. nature. Weapons? Yes. See the blacksmith. <laughs> All right. Oh, All right. not an apron. Get out of here then. Don't let us hold you up. Don't let the door hit your ass on the way out. Go. She looks at you, a look of anger at the disrespect that you're showing her, and she grabs the hilt of her sword and tightens it, but then turns around as if saving that thought for later and pushing it back down (laughs) and walks off. All right. And there's a quick look to you, Stanley, before she walks off. I give Elantra, her a look you didn't, says, you didn't say I anything. Understand, I understand the, the urge to kill Nash. Mm. Okay, very good. I get it. And she won't remember that. That's fine. Keep talking, <laughs> Nash. Build water. Keep talking. See? <laughs> Nash spilled water. <laughs> That's a lie. Nash doesn't drink water. Um, all right. So, uh, yeah. She leaves uh, the four of you alone. That woman is possessed. You're quite certain of that, then? Certainty. Oh, I'm I'm just voicing my opinion. Oh. Either way, we need to figure out what we're going to do and how to do it. I I can think of nothing more valiant than running up the side of the tower to face our enemies. I do like this idea. It's going to be dangerous we can maybe take a couple people up to the top to help pull people in as they raise up i do think we need to go see this blacksmith and nash should definitely learn this teleportation circle what of the actual plan here stanley are we just going to give a powerful artifact to the convenient pegasi that arrive following the convenient arrival of the Night Commander. I mean, in lieu of anything else, I suppose, yes. Look, we can give it to a criminal who has said he has an interested buyer, who could be evil. At the very least, they're willing to go through a criminal to get it. Or we can give it directly to the demons, who are the people we don't want to have it. Or we can give it to the people that are, at the very least, pretending to be good. One shields your conscience, but they're all false. All right, well, which one is true? We could also open it. Yes, destroy it ourselves. I mean, if it was as simple as just people open it and hit it with a stick... I'd imagine they'd have tried it by now. They want to take this thing to the very pinnacle of heaven itself to be destroyed. It doesn't scream, let's just open it and stab it a bunch and hope it all goes well. But 
But what if it is just possessed? We kill the creature inside. And Hope looks down and she sees a mouse scurry by. <laughs> Let the mouse have a rat. Oh no. Varel, for all your anxieties about what people say may or may not be true, you seem to be hanging an awful lot of hope on a lot of ifs. If we open it, we can destroy it. If we open it and it's possessed, we can fight whatever's possessing it, and somehow killing it will make it just a useless gauntlet. I mean, to me, this is putting as much faith in that as it is putting faith in Pegasus riders that they're going to do the right thing. This is all made up. There's only one but the principle. What about the dragon who took us to space? That was a shared vision, perhaps a, a inducement of some sort of uh, fog we move through. If you remember, too, I battled trees with eyeballs for an hour. And then we talked to skeletons. Yes? Do we share this memory? Yes, it, all of this did happen. Those things were true. And then we met that dragon, and he was real, because he was in the body of the demon, was in his body, and we fought him in space. And, and poor Chance still circles through, chance, through space this day. <laughs> that is a real thing. It seems to me like at this point we are going to have to take something on faith. Then we must take precautions. Only us and the Knight Commander should be on top of the tower. For she was revealing herself to be a demon there. We must defeat her free of a bunch of lowborn smiters. Okay, so the five of us go to the top of the tower, and then what? Possibly fight her if she's a demon. If she's not a demon, what next? Accompany her? Hand the fist off and say, so long? We go to heaven? Yes? Turn in the fist, meet Euphemius, and then he sends us home. Okay. Because only then will we know that heaven is a real place. I'm good with this plan. Then we evade, capture, and imprisonment. Stanley, I still curse you to this moment that you used my real name amongst the thieves. It... I'm not as good at the subterfuge as I perhaps suggest. We had outfits. <laughs> Poor... The Soggy Feather is doomed to be attacked by assassins. No, no. 
But look, what if Euphemius would have to owe us something? What if we could ask him to erase the memories or something? Close the portal to Earth on Sigil, send us back. That'd, that'd be a good trick. <laughs> none of these, none of these I like. But I do believe something is going to go wrong at the top of this tower. And we need to be prepared for it. All right. Do we all ascend the tower together then? That's how we do everything else. Hope will not. All right. Then we'll report to the night commander that this is the plan. This is what we're going to do. Until then, I think we should see this blacksmith... And Nash, I think you need to go learn this teleportation circle. Okay. Also take these, because they're apparently useless to me, and I only just realized it now. I give him all eight scrolls of reverse gravity. You have eight scrolls of reverse gravity? Oh my gravity. gosh, really? <clears throat> yep. Yeah, so write down eight scrolls of reverse gravity, uh, Nash. I'm adding them now. There's an excited look on Nash's face as you have them <laughs> <laughs> he drops one and doesn't even notice so you have to pick it up and give it to him um I don't see it why uh scrolls are generic. no you won't find it just you have to type it in oh we're just adding it okay eight, no that's fine scrolls. I yeah. thought maybe it was a the scroll thing. the scroll there is an item but it's just generic so you won't know what it is of okay it's just it easier to type it or note, make a note of it. It's all good. Eight scrolls of reverse gravity. Okay, I got them. Perfect. All right. I guess we're going to go make our way to the blacksmith. Nash is going to go learn a uh, teleportation circle. Yeah, do I know where this circle is, Bo? Uh, Elantris had mentioned both were in, uh, deep in the base, sub-basement below the library. Okay. Oh. So we say goodbye, but then we all keep walking together, and it's awkward. <laughs> it's like one of those. All right. <laughs> you say goodbye, but it's all weird. You make your way down uh, five flights of stairs down to the tower, and as you get approach the main floor where the gate is, you hear the yelling of a commander dressing uh, down his guards, getting them ready for battle. You hear like a loud chorus of, of chanting, and there's a voice going, You can't make up the words. <laughs> you sort of hear that as you descend down the stairs. You move past the floor to where the library is, and you notice that the stairs do continue on, but they become, it's not brick anymore. They become sort of carved out of stone, and everything looks like black rock as you descend further down below the tower. As you make your way to the base of the stairs, where the stairs descend no further, it opens up into a corridor made of stone. And you hear, bink, bink, the sound of hammer hitting metal. And as you make your way down, it opens up into a workshop in a, in a cave. And you see all kinds of helmets and swords and, and suits of armor on display on the left and right. And towards the end of this great chamber, uh, you see an anvil uh, and a, uh, it's not a harlot, they call that thing, like a, what is it again? Forge. Forge. <laughs> There's a large forge with heated metal and there's a, a dwarf standing there all by his lonesome, 
with an ape blacksmith's apron on with tools attached to his belt. He's got long braided red hair, and he's hammering away on a sword on a four on an anvil. Doesn't hear you coming. We go try and get in his peripheral vision. Okay, so you try? Are you trying to scare him or trying not to scare him? Trying not to scare him. All right, so you have to make a stealth roll to be unstealthy, but to not scare him. If that makes sense. Sure. So it's, it's a group one, please. Everyone needs to roll. Okay. Well, that was a bad roll. <laughs> Seven. Uh, 13 here. 24. 7, 18, 24, 18. Okay. So you manage to walk up to him in such a way as a group that you don't scare him, but you make enough noise for him to look in your direction. And he looks over. And he raises up. He's got this mask over his face. He raises it up and looks at you. He's got a big bearded face. Who the hell out of you? You sure you're supposed to be down there? Uh, yes, the night commander sent us. We are about to begin a mission. We're needing supplies. Oh, the night commander remembered me. Well, what can the dwarf do for you? Well, we're hoping to get outfitted. We are about to be under heavy attack. We need to prepare. Oh, so the battle's nigh then? Yes. Okay, and you're uh, must be the folks uh, what uh, came uh, uninvited, eh? That's us. <laughs> All right. So, what weapons will you lads be needing? Demon slaying weapons. The only kind I've got. You'll have to be more specific. Do you want something to rip off their heads, or uh, something to bash in their brains? Both are excellent. Amuse me. Oh, feisty one. Well, <clears throat> let's see. And he starts digging through this. Uh, there's a sort of tinker box. He lifts up the lid and he starts digging around and you hear metal clanking on metal. I got lots of odds and ends. It'd be helpful if you could narrow down your uh, what, what, what you'd like to use there. Well, well let's I see. We know that they had dragons of a kind in our initial invasion, as long as flying creatures. Do you have anything that would allow me to rip their wings off? Well, um... I think I've got something. How are you with, uh... Fire, Mr. Lizard? Proficient and enjoyable. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you promise to take good care of her, I've got just the thing for you. Just give me a second. And he walks towards the back of his workshop, and uh, there's this case on the shelf. It's really large. He pulls out a step stool, and then he climbs up on the step stool, takes down the case, and it's really heavy. So you see him sort of lean forward a bit, but his strong dwarven frame is able to lift this thing. And then he lowers it down. He bends at his back and lowers it down on the workshop bench, gets off the stool, Knocks on it, and he says, Dad, open that one up. I fling it open. All right, you fling it open, and you see 
a large, very long greatsword. Um, it has a golden hilt, and there's sort of the, this this ornate wrapping where the handle is, but the rest of the hilt is gold, and there's a large red gem in it. And the blade itself um, is a silvery color. That's a piece I've had for a while now. Needs a good home. Why don't you take a beautiful specimen? What's its name? Doesn't have a name. Was just made. Ah. It's waiting for its master to give it one. Then I will christen it on the battlefield. And I take it. All right. Add a as you take it into your hand. One second. I'm just getting that information. As you take it into your hand, you feel that there is something different about this sword. There's something hot and burning. Even though you don't feel any fire, there's an essence to this sword that that just g- gives you like these visions of flames. Just a sea of flames. Now, in order to use that sword properly there, Mr. Big Bronze Man... You'll need to give it a command word. Hmm. And what will it do when I issue this command word? Concentrate really hard, put your hands on the hilt, and think of the thing that you're... that will... you'll yell out in battle. It'll know if you've picked right. All right, and I go, I grab it and kind of wander over to the corner and start working on it. Okay, so as soon as you figure out what the command word is, you'll find out what it does. <laughs> He's running off to study right now. <laughs> and um, you, fancy lad, you need anything for your hair? <laughs> Nash goes, <laughs> fancy lad. No. Thank you. Uh, I typically do tend to fight more with magic, but when I do battle, it tends to be shorter, lighter blades like this. And I show my rapier. Ah, so you're you're a cheap bastard. <laughs> I'm alive. Yeah. Tricks. Magic is tricks. Give me a good man or woman with a great sword or hammer in their hand any day. Pound the piss out of any magic person. Mm-hmm. You like a blade, huh? I do. Mm-hmm. He starts digging around through his rummaging through his box. Uh, I don't know if I've got something for your kind here, but uh, try this one. And he hands you a sword. Uh, it's a dagger. Actually, not a sword. He hands you a small dagger. It is etched with these um, terrible symbols on them, actually, on the blade. But on the hilt, it has like these uh, little sculptures of, of faces of like stoic, almost looking like maybe like like some alien type of human that hasn't existed before. Just their faces are very strange. So the hilt is ornate and beautiful, but the blade itself looks jagged and is filled with these um, these glyphs on them that are mysterious to you. 
now, right? I reach back and unsheath one of my basic daggers, the one I keep hidden in the small of my back. Trade you, seeing as I'm trading up. A coin. Don't want a knife. Give me a coin. When someone gives you a knife, you give them a coin. Uh, do I have a coin? I don't know if I ever made any money since coming back to life. All right. You used to have all the cash, but I don't think we have any cash <laughs> I used now. to have money. I don't anymore. Uh, Someone on the team must have a gold piece. I don't have any money. Um, Hold on. Oh, I'm not there with him. No, I am. I'm still there. Pharrell. Am I still there or am I with Varel? Yeah, you have money, don't you? I think so. Hang on. Sure, I'm sure you do. I uh, can't remember. I have. I mean, I'm sure Stanley made a gold piece at some point. Yeah, didn't you? You made some money. Weren't you hustling hmm. during that downtime? How much does he need? Well, nothing typically was, but How much I'm does... sure he made a gold at least. So I'll flip him a gold and I'll go back to being broke. Okay. <laughs> I thought maybe you, when you came back to life, while Nash was recovering all his body parts, there was some downtime where you were, you know, getting information, I'm sure hustling in some capacity, right? Yeah, that was the plan, but we never worked out what I made. So right. It could be any coin, so it could be like a copper piece. It doesn't have to be a gold piece, too. All right. All right, so you toss him a coin. He nods at you. He gives you the dagger. All right. Got dagger. All right. Add a Corpse Slayer dagger to your inventory. Now, what about you, lass? You're looking right fierce. Don't see your kind in here very often. Bullets. What, for a sling? No, for a gun. And she'll pull out her guns. (laughs) Shakes his head. What in the name of Paylor is that? It's a kid's toy. Hopeful smirk and then just kind of walk off. What about armor? None of you fools need armor. Unless you have something light. Leather. Oh, we got the best kind of armor in all the outland. Mithril. It'll save your neck. The claws will sink into the metal and not into your flesh. It's not right good. It. Well, it's a uh, plate armor. It's it's quite heavy, but it'll save you. No. All right. Well, what else can I get for you? What do you have in the way of? Magic items. I'm guessing none, since you're such a magic hater. No, I'm a blacksmith, and uh, I take my wear seriously, and I don't make no magic items. But we've had our share of visitors over the years. Maybe I've got something for you. Just a second. And he goes back to his tinkle trunk, sort of in the back there. His His tinkle trunk? Yeah, he's this big box full of weapons that are just piled in that he's been pulling weapons out of. Okay. Um, hmm. And uh, he digs through the box and then he pulls out a broom. He looks at it and he goes, What's this doing in here? And he tosses it on the ground. And as he tosses it off the ground, it bounces and then hovers a few feet off the ground. Like which style? Like a 
Like a flying broom? There's a there's a broom floating in the room between you and the dwarf. Is it floating parallel or upright? It's floating this way. Okay. Horizontal. Or horizontal is what I meant. Not parallel. Um, he's, his, his face is back in the tickle trunk looking around. Okay. Ah, here you go. And then he pulls out a large staff. It's uh, white, and it has um, has a white bird perched atop the top at the end of the staff, with its wingspan completely. You know, like it's like a beautiful. I don't know what kind of bird, like a white dove, okay. just with its wings sort of expanded out at the top of the staff. He goes, ah, maybe this one will help you. I Hope don't remember. Hmm? What we'll hope to. Oh, while this is going on, Hope goes to grab the broom. Okay, you grab the broom. I'm glad someone's grabbing it. Um, okay, so yeah, I'll, t- you I'll, can... I'll take the staff. Give me the staff, he says. All right, and he hands it to you. I yank it out of his tiny little stupid hands, and I hold it tight and grip it. Okay, and um, you immediately, as your fingers touch the staff, you immediately understand what the staff does it, it just almost like like near field communication as soon as you put your hand on it your mind is filled instantly with knowledge as if you knew this the whole time of what this does add a skyblinder staff to your inventory skyblinder eh? yep uh you'll gain a plus one to attack and damage rolls while making using the staff to attack and while holding it you get plus one to your spell attack rolls and you can also use it um, if a flying creature within 30 feet of you makes an attack roll, you can use a reaction to cause it to flare with light and give the attacker disadvantage on a failed save and blind it. Give me the full, full name save. again one more time. Sky Blinder. That is apparently not in here either, right? This is not a standard item. It's one you made up. Uh, it is. It should. It should appear. It's not appearing. Uh, no. When I hit add, mm, that's annoying. I can do it either one word or two, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't find it either way. No, it's because it's part of a module. I don't know, uh, but I didn't realize that. I hate that so much. Oh my god. Oh, that's weird. I. I see it. You, I have you it. Have I Ravnica. Have it. You have the Ravnica book, don't you? Yeah, I should be able to share it. Everybody should have access to that stuff. I think sharing it shares it, but the DM still has to own it, possibly, for it to appear. I'm just trying to add it for him now, and I'm like, I can't find it either. Do you want me to That's just dumb. put in the basics, and then when I use it, we'll know, we'll refer to the... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's so lame. Okay. Um, I'll make a note. Yeah, I'll send you the text of it so you have it. Okay. 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 All right. And hope you can add for yourself. Uh, so I'm just going to get the text over to Scott here. You can add for yourself. What's the name of this thing? I have a lot of tabs open, just searching. Uh, a broom of flying. You should be able to add that to your inventory. Done. Okay. Now uh, I'm putting the text here for the Skyblinder staff. We'll add it in later, but you have it now. 
Okay, perfect. Awesome, thank you. All right, then. He looks around. He says, is that everything I can do for you? I've been yelling in the corner the whole time. Okay. <laughs> I'm going, uh, Liar's Bane! The Liar's Pyre! Courageous Conflagration! A Truth Inferno! And other such know, things. Do you know what you want to yell, uh, as a player? <laughs> All of those are good to me. But which one activated it? Uh, well, we're gonna we're gonna say the one that you want is the one that'll activate it. If that makes ooh, sense. Ooh, ah, uh, ooh. Hmm. <laughs> uh, you don't. You we can change it later if you if you really didn't like what you picked today. Uh, we gotta pick something today. Fangs Inferno. Fangs Inferno. Okay, so you yell out Fangs Inferno, and the sword lights up. Whoosh in flames and the blade becomes uh, it becomes hot with fire and you feel, you can see everyone can see like the shadows dancing on your face as you have this large flaming sword with a gold hilt uh, in your hands so add flame tongue great sword version to your inventory please it is done and uh, I will try and get you a photo of that because there actually is one, which is cool. All right. So every, the four of you have toys. <laughs> um, the dwarf looks uh, over to the four of you, looking content. He says, oh, I forgot you, lass. Put that broom away. You don't need that. Uh, no, no, I'll bring it up. It got kind of messy up there. Okay. Then he uh, goes and you'll probably be wanting these too. I don't know what they're for, what you'll be doing, but it's probably dangerous. And he uh, rummages into this. He has this sort of, that's not quite a milk crate, but it's like a crate. And there's these bottles, like these elixirs in them. And he grabs four bottles and he hands one out to each of you. And these are potions of healing. Oh, shit. That's ominous. We'll take those. So, Is yeah. it uh, greater, superior, or supreme? Uh, it, I think it's just... You asked me a question I was expecting for. It's Thin Crust. Uh, meat lovers. Th no, Thin Crust. Never <laughs> meat lovers. Thin Crust all the way. Stop, Crust. What were the options again? Because mine just said potion of healing. It didn't give me options. That was oh, there, well, there's multiple ones. There, there is a regular potion of healing. There's also greater, superior, yeah, regular, and then, yeah, okay. regular, just a regular one. The two d four plus two, one, right? Yeah. Okay. Added. I'm glad Kyle and I are on the same pizza plane there for a bit. Pizza planet. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, um, there you go. Now, you've, you've each got something new to help you in your battles ahead. He nods and looks at you. He says, well, uh, if you see any of the brothers of the Knight of the Obsidian White, send them down here, eh? They, they, their equipment doesn't look good. We have to make sure we're ready. We'll uh, be sure to send them this way. All right. Great. Picks up a mug of mead pounds it back and then he puts his 
face visor back on, and he turns to his sword, and he starts going, bing, bing, bing. Continues back on to his work. All right, let's get you that teleportation circle, and then we'll go find the Knight Commander. So we go looking for it. I'll leave the room. Yeah. Okay. Well, leaving the room would bring you back to the stairwell. There doesn't appear to be any other exits in the room. You don't see a teleportation circle. But you were told it was down here. Oh. Go ask him. Um, Is there a teleportation circle around here? The night commander alluded there was one in the basement. Okay. And he lifts up his visor and he goes, Uh, oh... You mean the old chamber? I suppose yeah. I do. Sure. Follow me. And he moves to the back of the workshop. And it's a cavernous wall. So on one part of the cave wall, there seems to be a little rift in the wall where if someone was skinny enough, they could move in sideways and move through. Of course, this dwarf is not skinny enough. But he reaches his hand in, and his face becomes red as he's like... And then you hear... And then a piece of stone moves up. Looks and he goes, <clears throat> the old room down the hall. Anything we need to know about this hall? Well, uh, no one set foot in it for a couple of hundred years. No ancient traps. No You're not worried about ancient traps or any other sort of surprises that you don't No, the paladins are not big on traps. You'll be fine. Okay. Well, I'm going to start heading down that hall. All right. Nash immediately beelines and disappears into the blackness of the doorway. Hope joins. All right. And everyone hurriedly follows Nash. You make your way down the hallway. And the hallway begins turning back into a stoned, uh, a stone sort of wall. It looks like something ancient, like maybe some old building or old dungeon that was once here. You make your way down the hall. And every 10 or 20 feet, you see a statue of a of a paladin, some buddy from millennia's past. You don't know who they are, but they're commemorated here in this hallway. And after passing five or six rows of these, uh, you enter into a large underground chamber that's a circular sort of dome roof. And there are um, pillars in this room, like eight of them all around. And in the center of the room, there's a large circle, and there's a series of glyphs around it. Now the circle's fabricated from the stone itself. Some of it rises a bit from the ground, so you see there's like a little pit, and the glyphs are around. And it's a teleportation circle. It looks like it has not been used in a very long time. The dust is thick in this room. Any... Um... Can I do an arcana check or something, some kind of check to see if I can tell if it's in good enough shape to, to be active again, that there's an endpoint that I could maybe decipher what that is, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, you can investigate it using Arcana. All right, sure. I'll do an Arcana check then. That will be... Oops. Gonna add my modifier. All right. A 25. Okay, so you uh, instantly in your mind, without having to investigate very long, it is clearly the sigils of a teleportation circle. 
and you, if you would note down the glyphs, you would be able to draw them anywhere else in the world and teleport back to this location. Uh, the magic here still remains, even though it's unused. Um, there's something old uh, about this particular area, and you can feel like arcane threads tying, uh, sort of tying to the center point in this room, uh, this area of great power. Uh, you're confident you'll be able to bring the party here with the teleportation circle. All right. I'll uh, commit them to... I may actually even have a little pad with me. Hold on. Uh, you know what? One of the things about this spell is that you might have missed too when you leveled up and took this because mm. we didn't talk about it. Uh, but when you first gain, it says when you first gain the ability to cast a spell, you learn the sigil sequences for two destinations on the material plane determined by the GM. So you can actually you actually start knowing two locations. Okay. They don't have to be. Like, you don't have to have found them out in the okay. world. Uh, you will also learn two locations. Okay. One of which we'll say is Tiet Kalas. So you might want to make a note for yourself. Okay. <clears throat> that you know the location for Tiet Kala. And that you... Uh, the second one is a location somewhere on Earth as well. You're not sure where. Okay. Okay. And now you can write down your third location would be the White Tower in the Outlands. Outland. tower okay all right perfect okay all right so um yeah you have that in order you spend about five minutes looking at it while the party watches you and you're good you know how to you can teleport to this circle all right i'll turn around and form them as such and and and, and you say that from my from my you know observation it's good. It's a working teleportation yes. circle point. Okay. The thing to note about teleportation circle, it says here the casting time is one minute. Right. So you can't you can't just snap your fingers. You have to like draw the sigil somewhere else and then spend a minute casting it. Right. So there's it's a it's a it's not a combat uh, usable spell really unless right. someone was to protect you during combat for you know the period of time. Right. Um, that it takes to draw it down. So a minute. But uh, yes, you can. This is yours to use. Okay. Uh, also keep in mind with this spell, it's important now that we're discussing it. This is the first spell I've seen from one of you guys that has a gold piece cost. That means you can't use your spell source to replace the materials. So in order to use a spell, you do have to have 50 gold pieces worth of rare chalks and inks infused with precious gems worth 50 gold pieces. I have 650 from my... Right, so you need jobs. the rare chalks, inks, right, 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 uh, infuses precious gems. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, so, so that's something we haven't talked because sometimes I think there's some house rules where GMs will just let you spend the gold and not have the item, but we're not doing that here. You'll need, you'll need the reagents for it. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. Um, yeah. So the, the room is quiet. You're in you're in this large ancient uh part of what might have been an old castle or dungeon there's a teleportation circle rooms dome shaped it's just the four of you well i think we're as ready as we're going to be should we go um, talk to the knight commander what do you think nash i 
think unless you have any things else we need to pick up or do, and I'll inform I, I inform him I need the I need the components to use this circle. Um. So I'll tell you that, Stanley. Without repeating it all. Well, I don't think we're going to find them here, but we can certainly keep an eye out wherever mm-hmm. we may go. In the broom, it was floating. That's Why like, would this thing float? That's like my and old underwear, Hope. It's, it. it's like my old underwear. Here, hop on there, and then I'm going to turn on my now integrated underwear body and float with her. Yep, you begin floating 10 feet above the ground. Hope will look at Nash and then kind of worriedly get on the broom. Yeah. All right, so you mount the broom, and you concentrate, and it floats you up 10 feet, and you're sort of riding it like a witch. Now, you take a little bit of time to get used to being on it. It, You're a little awkward, but you can see yourself getting the hang of it. All right, and then she'll concentrate and see if she can't move it around. Okay, so is there any instruction on this about how the movement works? It's simply a mount. Let's see. I spilled so water. the broom of flying. You have to speak a command word in order for you to be able to use it. it says here. Mm. has a a fly speed of 50 feet can carry up to 400 pounds but it becomes 30 feet speed when you're carrying 200 pounds you can send the broom to travel alone to a destination within one mile of you if you speak the command word name the location or familiar with that place the broom comes back to you and you speak the command word find that the broom is still within one mile of you so uh, you're floating there and it won't move until you speak its command word move it does not move you can spend an hour you can spend an hour to tune with it to learn its command word or you can spend a lot of time guessing I'll I'll spend some time with it but I don't know if everyone else will want to sit around as Hope tries to finagle with this flying sweeper it's all you'll be able to do with your time left I was going to say I don't know if we even have an hour do we? How much time do we have? It's all you'll be able to do with your time left. If that's what you want to do, Hope. Because mine also requires attunement. Oh, cool. So but Hope will attune with the broom. Okay. And Nash and Varel. Do you want to spend time also studying your items? Yes. Yeah, if they're going to be doing that with me as well. Yes, let's get attuned, but we didn't solve the issue of the chalk, right? We can't do the the teleportation circle. No, no you'll need reagents. So we gotta find chalk in that time. Wherever we get going to. Yeah. Uh, if we make it back clear, to Sigil, we could probably find some there. It's chalk and inks infused with precious gems. But wasn't the plan to use this circle now to go up to the top and ferry people back and forth, or 
Oh, uh, no, the circle would... He can only teleport back to the circle. Oh, got it. Okay, so the plan is still to do double double teleports. Together. But if we were to go to someplace like Heaven and we could find the reagents between here and there, we could, in theory, teleport right back if we wanted to be back in the tower. There's also the reverse gravity plan. And a broom! And a broom. And a broom. All right, well, that's a, as good a time as any to take our midway break as we've done our inventory check. Uh, let's uh, have a little break and see what happens next. I like, be I like that. Let's do that. Uh, we'll be back right. in a minute, everybody. Don't go too far. We're just going to go pee and refresh ourselves. <laughs> and uh, we'll be right back. Refreshing so stay tuned. Pee. We're all back. Bo, hello. Go ahead. All right, so the four of you uh, decide to spend time with the equipment you've just gained, uh, attuning to the weapon. So for in each of your cases, uh, we'll say that attunement was successful. As you are lost uh, in concentration with the item, so hope you will learn the command word. Uh, is there something that you'd prefer before I unilaterally decide what it's going to be? <laughs> I'd like the commands to be an infernal. I think that'd be pretty badass. Okay, cool. Well, then I'll leave it to you to devise what the those sayings will be. And if we need to change it later because you pick something you didn't like, we'll 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 do that. All right. Um, perfect. So uh, as well, what do we say your magic words were, <laughs> Kyle? It's a uh, flame and or no raging inferno. Fangs inferno. Fangs inferno. Thank you. And uh, Stanley, you were able to uh, add the Corpse Slayer dagger to uh, your inventory and know its properties. And as well, Nash, well, we already told you what's up with that. I said that to you, get slack. So um, as you're concentrating uh, on the attunement of these weapons, you hear a voice echoing down the hallway from whence you came. Pharrell! Nash! They're coming! Oh, it's Walnut. They're coming! It's freaking Walnut. Time. Excuse me. Where's Dash and and Varel? The big lizard man? Okay. And then you hear footsteps coming down the hallway, and then the shape of Walnut appears. And he goes, you guys! They're coming! We have to go! The night commander sent me. Okay, when you say they're here, what do you mean? The riders, the riders, they're here. You have to get on the roof. Meet Elentris on the first floor. Well, don't be so... uh, What's wrong with you guys? So so this teleportation circle is going to avail us nothing. Hey, hey, uh, Walnut... Yeah. Do you have a line on some quick and quick to get? I have gold, some quick and easy to get chalk and uh, inks infused with emeralds and jewels. Um. Well, the high priest might have some of that stuff. I'm not really allowed to work with reagents yet. All right, never mind. Well, do you want to ask the high priest? I mean, we can. It doesn't sound like we have time. If, if the enemy's at the gates. They're at the gates. It's time to go. All right, let's get moving. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. He's standing at the doorway yelling, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, endlessly. Lead the way, Walnut. Okay. 
and then he sort of salutes you, and then he takes off down the hallway, running. Uh, do you guys run, or do you guys walk? Hope will run. All right, Hope Mike takes off down the gate as well. Yeah. yeah. All right, so hurriedly, everyone runs through the blacksmith's workshop, uh, and he goes, hey, as you knock over some some equipment, and then you make it to the stairwell and make your way to the first floor, and there, the, the main bulk of the forces present in the tower are all congregated, uh, standing in, in rows, sort of this official orderly structure to uh, their very small militia, maybe a hundred heads. And you see Elentris at the front on a raised stage with the high cleric. And she waves at you. And you, you, you run past uh, the rows of soldiers and make your way to the front, looking up on the dais about them. And she says to you, the time to act is now. The riders are upon us. Stanley, we make our way to the roof for your teleportation. Select who is coming with us. We actually believe we have a different way. Uh, we're going to be doing the reverse gravity up the side of the tower. And this is the best way? I believe so, yes. So that means we must exit through the front gate, after all. Yes. And upon exiting the front gate? I think that it would be best if the bulk of the troops helped keep the demons off of us, and the five of us went to the top. The five of us? No one else? I think that would probably be ideal. Who else would you have come? Knight Commander. I, I don't know the extents of your magics. Uh, certainly we should bring up as many people as possible. This is a new plan. My understanding was your teleportation magic had limits on the number, but this reverse gravity, how many people can it bring? Uh, can bring a far larger number. Whoever is in the area can be lifted. We're going to have to use it probably multiple times to get to the top of the tower. The trick is that once we get to the top, uh, we're go it's going to be risky. The spell ends and you start to fall. But by the time we get to the top, surely we can... What's the plan once we get to the top of the tower? We get with the uh, Pegasus Riders and we make our way. No, but once we reach the top of the gravity well, uh, do we jump? Do we grappling hook? How uh, do we, we get... Grab the side of the tower. All right, you heard them, men and women. Of the Obsidian White, today is our day. We shall be victorious. You shall live and you shall die in the name of Euphemius. One thing is certain, and that is that good will overcome all. Huzzah! And then the whole crowd just raises up their swords and they all yell out, <laughs> And with that, Elantris looks over to a man who's by the gate who's got the the turny pulley thing, and he, she goes, Open the gates! And the gates begin to... The big, heavy doors begin to sidle open, and you can see through the crack, light of the sky begin to shine in, and that you can't really see out for a minute. It's just too bright. And then as it opens up, you see charred landscape, and you see columns upon columns of a demonic horde dot the horizon. 
And um, as it opens up, you hear loud trumpets go, and arrows begin to fly in through the doorway. (laughs) Knights rush in with shields and begin pushing their way out through the small crack of the door, forming a wall in front of you. Okay. Uh, Anything you guys want to do as this begins? Um, I don't think so. Just follow out with a Lentris. Okay. Stay close together. Perfect. So I'm just getting... So things didn't quite progress the way I had anticipated. So one second here as I fix something. And there will be a map on roll 20 in just a moment. Um, Okay. So I need to get rid of that. And I need to get rid of that. All right. Perfect. So I'm going to need two minutes, please. Don't we have a bunch of rope we obsessed over? I think we do. Yeah. Do we have a hundred feet of rope? Because we could have We have at least two of you teleport up. We have two fifties. Could probably yeah. tie together. So what if we made a catch line of sort that could help guide gravity weld folk? Two of you teleport up. I'll run up with the rope in the first gravity well, and then we can have at least something for people to kind of hold on to as they go. That's oh. a good idea. I thought I had rope. I don't. I don't know who um, has it. Does Stanley have it? I've got 50 feet of rope. Yeah, I thought I I think that was my pre-disembodiment. Uh, Nash had pl- tons of rope. He doesn't have any now. I thought two of us bought rope, though. The broom can hold up to 400 pounds, it says. So we could tie rope to the broom and kind of use it as a just in case. Do we have a second 50-foot rope? I don't have one, but it does seem like... I'm pretty sure I do. John, oh, did, somebody else bought rope when John bought rope, or when Stanley bought rope. But it wasn't me. Yeah, I've got rope. Okay. Cool. All right. So we tie the two ends of the, the 50-foot rope together. How tall up is the tower? It's at 100 feet. 100 feet. Oh, it's it's just 100 feet? That's it? Yeah. That's it. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. I can totally just teleport up there with the rope. That means the rope will hang off the ground probably, or hang above the ground probably four to six feet because the, the tying, you have to tie it up there and you had to tie it together, so you lost some length. Yeah, Pythagorean's rope. <laughs> so you've... <laughs> You probably got, I don't know, maybe four feet. No big deal. You could jump up on it. Nobody's too short. The broom's fly speed is 50 feet. I mean, the big thing is we just need a way for people to ensure that when the spell runs out, they're holding the side of the tower and not going to just fall off of it. How many people are in the gravity in a go? I know we said many, but how many? Uh, so it's not a question of number of people for that. It's a question of area of effect. Yeah, it's a pretty wide area of effect, I think. 50 foot radius. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we may not have a choice. I don't know. I mean, I could fly people up. Yeah, we could actually do that. We have a lot of people that can fly. Nash can okay. dragon. 
So you can continue to, to, to have this conversation. I am just going to switch uh, us over to the roll 20 map. Okay. So that you can see. Uh, I probably should put Fog of War on because you guys are only on the main level of ground, right? No cheat codes. So you can't see everything. Um, so I'm going to move everyone over to the map now. Just one second. Nash could go. dragon. You could broom. Now check out the mid-bottom. That's where I'm going to reveal information, okay? The mid-bottom. I could do a thing, but I didn't have enough warning that we were changing it up, and I don't have time now. See me, and I see blackness. That's all I see. Bottom oh, mid? there we go. Now I see it. Yep, I see where it too. You can see the front area, so the guards... Of, you don't, you're not necessarily outside yet. This is where you'll sort of end up as you exit the front. So um, the, the guards have moved out in a line to the front, and it seems like a first wave of demons are starting to run out. You hear one of the paladins yell, The first wave is incoming! Hold steady! And, and the clash of swords uh, cutting into flesh and the squealing of these pig-like creatures that are rushing in viciously. You hear, <laughs> you hear all that sort of from outside the door. Not the cough, though. That's just me sucking. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So you can continue your plan, but now you have the uh, full visual. Uh, well, a little bit of a visual of what's going on so far. Oh, she's right about there only being five of us. Jeez. Look at this. Okay. Well, then uh, the hope flies. Nash flies. Stanley takes his girl and I ride Nash. Yeah, yeah we could do that. And no rope was necessary. Okay, so so uh, sorry. Who's go- who's on the broom? Hope. Just hope. Just hope. No one okay. wanted to ride with her. How? What are the other rides? <laughs> I'm gonna teleport Elantris. Yeah, uh, and Varel's gonna ride Dimension Door. Yeah, Varel's gonna okay. ride me. One quick thing here, table talk. I could go dragon, and everyone fits on me. If that saves us anything. Well, you fly really slow, don't you? Um, you may want to dragon anyway. Oh, you, you mean fly... like my hover, hover flight is slow? Yeah, you're right. Isn't it like 10 feet? Yeah, it'll be slower with Varel on me, so I think maybe that is a good idea. Yeah, so or it would take you about a minute to get to the top. A minute in dragon form? Yeah, or and... I could give you the scroll of dimension door and we could both teleport. I think that's best tactically because we don't want to show our cards if we got a dragon and we're going to have to, you know, talk to corrupt paladins or something. I agree. Yeah. I'll use the spell slot. Yeah. We'll There's also, you could jump off the side and feather fall down, potentially. Oh, once we're up there, yeah. Once we're up there. This thing is another option. Just yeah. I know because you were thinking along teleportation We lines, just don't, we don't want them that. to know that we have a dragon just yet. Okay. Yeah. So. All right. I hand... I hand Nash the scroll of dimension door and I say take Varel and here goes the last scroll of dimension door. Alright, so after that there's no more dimension door. Yeah, except I can cast it, so Okay. I'll, but there's I'll no more scrolls. Yep. Okay. Yeah, end of scrolls. So where uh so Hope, uh, you're gonna be able to fly up Nash, where atop the tower I know you can't see, but there's you know a north side, a south side, which you can see the south side, that's where you are. Is there some area of the tower that you'd prefer to teleport to? I mean... Same with you, Stanley. 
I mean, I've seen it from the air when we came down on it. Um, I would probably want to try and not be right at the edge. You okay, know, in to the try middle. and break. You can, you can yeah. Teleport to the middle if you want. Essentially, break line of sight, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'll do that. You don't. You don't need line of sight, I think, for for dimension door. You or don't. Do you? You don't, you don't. But it can go wrong if it can go wrong if it's in there. Space. Yeah. Okay. Nash. Um. So Stanley's moving to the middle. Yeah, I say he mentioned that to you. Yeah, I would. I would aim for something similar. I don't want to land right on top of him or anything, or you know, do any. All right. I don't want to do like Ron Silver and Time Cop and touch ourselves. I don't get that reference, but I'm sure you just (laughs) got to see Time Cop. You see Time Cop, you'll totally get it. It'll be fine. So, um, can you can you both describe uh, the spell and how how it takes place? Uh, John, you want to do yours? You want to do yours first? Uh, yeah. So I basically step back, uh, ensure that Elantris has the chest because mm-hmm. I'm I'm guessing that's what it is on the yep. Map next uh, she actually she had it floating beside her, and as you guys walked out, she was guiding it like almost like a power glove, like with her left hand. She was moving it along with her. All right. I reach back, put my arm on hers, and say, "Hold on tight," and then just. Explosion of mist, nightcrawler, like gone. Poof. Nash, uh, I take the scroll and I read it. Do we have actual text somewhere for that? If we don't, quick, easily, then I won't worry about it. No, you just usually make up a rhyme and say that that's what the scroll. All right, says. here's what the scroll says. <laughs> um, we're about to embark on a brand new caper. I will now read the words on this paper. We want to go super high. So come on, Varel. Be a nice guy. Poof. And we go. All right. So the four of you all poof out of existence and make your, uh, you're now standing atop a raised platform in the center of the tower, which you should all be able to see. Hope, uh, describe your journey from the bottom to the top on your, <laughs> on your broom. <laughs> broom. This is so crazy. Um, so she's gonna make it look like she's not saying anything at all, but she she whispers something in infernal to the broom, and like kicks off the ground and throws it underneath her as she. Okay, and you just rock up. it up. Yeah, Six vertically. Seconds. You can move fifty feet per second, I think, with that thing. So, in two rounds, so twelve seconds, uh, you'll be up at the top. Badass. Right, so and when she gets to the top, she'll kind of arc on over it, and then kind of like jump off the broom so she lands bef- as the broom would land but on her feet okay perfect Very so cinematic. you get, make it to the top and you land onto the roof uh we should probably give you a broom thing because you can command it remotely right yeah all right here's a broom for now do you have a name for your broom not yet okay so we're just gonna say broom hopes broom Okay, perfect. There it is. Okay, you fly to the top. The rest of you upon the uh, raised platform at the center of the tower, see Hope, you know, float up to the top and hop off in that cool way she described. Okay, so uh, you look out immediately on the horizon, and to the northeast, you see dotted along the horizon these, what looks like these large birds, but you only see black silhouettes. Elantris points out immediately 
And she goes, there. There they are. And then she points out, looks around. Then you both, uh, Stanley, you in particular, with your excellent perception, scan the horizon for uh, for anything else. And it's very cloudy. So you, you don't see much else except to the south. You see a squadron of demons take to the air as they fly out from the columns. These large, large green-bodied things. And then behind it, this blackened horse with a rider atop it flies up as well from the column. And they're much closer than the Pegasus, and they begin rising to the sky and f- uh, flying in your direction. You have mere seconds to make preparations before combat, before you, they're about to make contact. Uh, what do you guys want to do? And they will be on the map in a second. There they are, bottom left, southwest. Let me see. Southwest. There's some business in the northwest corner. Can we see that? Okay. Uh, you can see it if you run to the side of the tower. You can get a clearer view. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so you, you as uh, Stanley makes out what's on the horizon, you run to the corner and look at the ground below and see that there are hordes upon hordes of... of demons and devils and all manner of creature uh, from very far away. You just see them organized. You see torches, war banners. You see the trebuchets and catapults. But very, much closer, you see that there's there's these advanced uh, sort of small groups surrounding the tower, kind of lying in wait and hiding. But you see a large, like a giant, a behemoth of a creature, almost half the size of the tower, standing with a big, large flaming whip and yelling at what some of these little pig-like men and, and yelling orders at them. And they, they're, like, moving around and trying to obey his commands, but you're not quite sure what he's telling them to do. But those are on the ground, 100 feet below. All right, so you've got okay. some your seconds before the, the squadron's upon you as it rises up. Stanley is going to run towards the southwest corner of the tower Mm -hmm. and he's going to hold an action until uh, this floaty fellow, the horse, gets within about 60 feet. He's going to cast Polymorph on the horse, turn it into a little mouse. Okay. Oh, Perfect. Wow. Adorable. All right. So you have an action ready. Anyone else readying anything before the combat assuredly begins? I'm going to spend a bonus action to ignite my sword, Fangs Inferno. All right. Your sword lights up. <sighs> to your right, uh, you see the Knight Commander Elantris take out from her belt. She puts her shield down and she takes out from, from, from her belt this hand, this handle. There's no sword on it. And then she clasps it in both hands and she says, Euphemius, give me strength. And then this large column of white light extends from the hilt. Just this holy light that appears that's cutting into the fabric of reality itself illuminates from her sword. And she raises it up in the air towards the oncoming enemies in defiance. And she goes, and she lets out a battle cry. Uh, Stanley, or Hope and Nash, just waiting for your pre-combat instructions. Um, I'm going 
I'm going immediate uh, dragon right now. Okay. So, do you yell anything, or is there any dramatic performance? I just go, um, I go, uh, I'm always angry, like the Hulk did, and then I go, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Then all right. I'm, you I'm turn to a rock. dragon atop the White Tower. Yeah. Uh, Hope, um, you notice as uh, you, oh, I'm going to move your character back. Sorry, let me put that. You notice as you step on the tower again for a second time that it doesn't appear to be harming you or pushing you off like it did the last time. Hope's going to assume that's because she still has that spell on her. So anything you want to do uh, on the horizon, there are these large green beings with large bat wings that are flying in your direction, and they appear to be commanded by this other green being on a black horse. Cool. Hope will wait until they the first demon or evil thing that reaches the edge of the tower there, she's going mm-hmm. to take a shot at. So uh, what she's doing effectively is taking cover and it's not a raised platform, right? It's a, it's a down. And then there are some walls. to hide Yeah. Behind. It's, it's down that, that part that you're in is sort of down for a little bit of cover. Perfect. So she's going to use that as cover and then snipe what she can from behind cover. Perfect. Okay. Excellent. And I'm just going to show you guys uh, a visual, some art here that help you depict it. Um, what's astride the, the horse with flaming mane? Uh, it's black. It looks like this. Oh. And the, the beasts with it look like that. Wait, where are you putting this? In Discord. Oh. All right. Perfect. All right. So let's get some initiative rolls. Oh, those are awesome. Initiative. A 16 for Stanley. Okay. A 12 for Nash Magard of the Solar Mines. Oh. Okay. Jeez. Oops, sorry. All some right. noise going on over here. Tip your waiter. A 22. A 22 for Hope. A 7 for Varel. Seven? Don't you have advantage on initiative rolls? I rolled double fives. <laughs> Ouch. Okay. All right, one more. All right, perfect. So um, you get your free round to begin with. So you guys take your positions along the tower, and you see those triangle things on the tower? Those are vision spots. So the tower has these raised things, so you can duck behind them for cover and shoot out. So they are kind of covering. You can't just walk off the side, kind of thing. That's a gate okay. or whatever that rampart. You know, ramparts, what I mean? like right? Right. So that's what that is. Just if you're curious. Okay, so uh, they're flying in a V formation towards the top of the tower. They're going to reach the tower far sooner than the Pegasi will. Uh, you're up first to, to make your free attacks. So let's start with Stan- uh, Hope. You have the highest initiative. All right, I'll go ahead and take some shots then. All right, perfect. Which one are you shooting? The one at the front. Okay. 
First is a 15. Okay, that would be a miss. All right, second is a 19. That's a hit. Awesome. So 10 damage. All right, perfect. So you fire a bullet at it. It it reacts. It's far, it's far enough away still that you can't really see details of what the damage of the shot, but a, the, the one in the lead appears to just sort of uh, fizzle, like it sort of flap around a little bit, then regain its composure and continue beelining towards it. But you do know that the second was a hit, but you don't appear to have damaged it very much. Um, okay, so Stanley, you're waiting till they get within range. Although, although ac- he's actually in yeah, range. He's right within. Now. He's. With, I mean, you know, we're, we don't have to be literal about it. So yeah. we we can hold yours back, or you can do it now. You're next to the initiative order. Now let's polymorph that horse. All right, so you cast polymorph. Is there a saving throw? Uh, there is. The horse would have to be a wisdom seventeen saving throw. Wisdom seventeen, perfect. Okay, it fails. And what did you transform? Oh, you're supposed to tell me what you're transforming it into ahead of time. Uh, I did. It was a mouse. Oh, sorry. You're gonna, oh, you did actually say it. Perfect. So it transforms into a mouse. So the rider atop it uh, jumps off as it transforms into a mouse. Like he's got this horse, and then it turns into a little mouse in his hands. So he, there's this long thing, uh, like the whatever it is horse riders hold that he was holding on to, that is still the same size, but it turns into a mouse and immediately falls to the ground. Um, so this is gone, and the the green creature atop it stays afloat. So he just sort of floats off the top of the back of the horse and continues flying with the squadron that's heading in. Oh no, a superfluous ho- horse! Host. <laughs> Toast. Host. Host. Takes energy to fly, you know. He was, he was conserving. <laughs> All right, uh, that brings us to Nash in dragon form, standing in the center of the tower. The knight commander. Uh, was in full like war cry mode, then steps back and, and gasps at the sight of you. <gasps> okay. Um, what I would really like to do is take out some fodder. Um, so this front row out here. Um, sorry, let me highlight. Whoops. These guys. Yeah. Um, I may not be in position though. Hold on. Those are way down on the ground. We're up. In oh the yeah, air. they're a hundred feet yeah. away, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah everything's yeah. down on the ground. The only things that are up in the air is in the bottom We're left here. These are flying. These uh, to your, all these are flying towards your direction. All right. There's five of them. In that plus case. the one, the small one in behind, who appears to be some sort of squadron commander. I His will... horse was just turned into a mouse. Okay, I will fly my maximum. Which I believe is hold on. It should be sixty feet in dragon form, I believe. Yeah. Shit. Oh, it's hard to see the squares there. I'll change the color of the grid so we can see it a little better. Oh my gosh, why is my thing freaking out? It's not working right. Alright. How many sorry, how many feet did you say? Sixty feet. That's what I so thought. Twelve squares. All right. Yeah, that's 60 feet. Okay. I will... Could I have gone here? That's more than 60? 
That's more than 60. Okay. Um, shoot. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll stay there. All right. I'm going to cast uh, Acid Breath. Actually, I take that back. Let me do... Because what I'm trying to do is get more than one in this shot. Um, hold on. One second. That originally you made it to there. Is that wrong? Uh, I did, but I'm. it won't matter because Acid it's Breath... Just, just 12 squares. Yeah. Mm. It won't matter because Acid Breath is going to do its business regardless. Oh. Um, okay, hold on. I have to remind myself when I look up... Black Dragon. Okay. Here we go. Yeah, you're... Uh, I'm going to do... Um, yeah, let's do Acid Breath. This does a 30-foot line, 5 feet wide, each creature in that line. So I am aiming for trying to nick a couple of them. I guess if he's still up there. This one, you're the little dude that, that got his mount changed. Can I still mm-hmm. hit him, or is he falling independently of all this? Uh, so the... Yeah, sorry. The length is 30-foot line. So, yeah, whatever you can trace 30 foot from you, that's who's going to get hit. All right, we're going to do that. And yeah. uh, let's see. It's a DC 14 dexterity saving throw from you, please. Okay, perfect. So let me just make sure. So it's hitting one of the green creatures and the, the commander in the back. Correct. All right, so the front guy fails. Okay. And the second guy fails as well. Oh, I love it. All right, um, this is the sound it makes. Okay, and then here's my damage, which is formidable. Mm-hmm. 11d8. All right, here we go. I thought that was the number you were no. saying out loud. Yeah, 11d8. <laughs> I rolled 11d8. <laughs> uh, that would be pretty funny. All right, uh, hold on here. Sorry. One, two, three. 11, the 8. Okay, here we go. 40 damage total. All right, and that's acid damage, right? Acid damage, correct. All right, so you fire out the um, a jet of green-red flaming fire. As you yell out, as, as, you know, in that dragon form, the way that you just make this sort of battle noise. And you shoot a line of fire towards these two. And you are shocked in horror as it appears to do nothing. It just coats them, and they, they appear to almost to be flying faster. As you breathe out the fire, your heart is wrapped in terror as it does no damage. To That's them. great. That's a wonderful thing. Okay. Deals no acid fire. It's acid, right, though? Uh, you did acid damage to them, and it appears to have done nothing. Okay, so we haven't confirmed fire doesn't work yet. Got it. Yes, it's acid damage. Okay, awesome. All right, Nash, still your turn. All right. Um, I've used all my movement, so I am going to hold my ground or hold my air and stay there. <laughs> hold your air. Perfect. All right, this is the opening round. Varel, you're up. All right, full actions and all, yeah? Uh, <laughs> this is a surprise. We, we get more than an action, right? We're, we're, we're doing. Yes, yeah, you're going to turn. It's a surprise cool. round. Go, go okay, it. cool, cool. Oh, right. what? Uh, I would like to run, as I have no range weaponry. And I, uh, what is the elevation of this here battlement on the map? 
Uh, it's ten feet off the ground. Okay. And are they flying above? That yeah, they're mark? flying above. Yes, they're visible over the wall from even from your vantage, the rampart that is. Cool. So when they so when they crest the tower, they will likely still be in the air to some degree. That's right. Okay. In fact, if you had to guess, because they're sending winged assailants to you, they don't plan on landing on the tower and damaging themselves. Yeah, yeah. Unless you can somehow ground them. Hmm. All right, I will use my 60, or my 40 movement speed as a barbarian to mm-hmm. run over by hope and and yell, give me the rope. <laughs> Give me the rope. Give me the rope, Hope. Hope will give the rope over. All right. I will move it like it's a giant jump rope. So I have a sort of uh, double-handed lasso ready to go. I guess I'll turn off my sword and put it up. So that'll be my bonus. Okay. And I will prepare an action to a a loop up when they pass over me. You're going to lasso one of them. Yes. Okay, so I need to make a stealth check for that this ruse to work. Can do. And I put away my sword so I'm not a giant flaming beacon. <laughs> a 24. Okay, so you are confident that you have hidden successfully and you're waiting for them to fly overhead. Um, the hiding itself is an action, so you can't have readied something. That's so fine. you'll have to wait till your next round to see what's available. All right, perfect. That concludes our setup round. Elantris moves in position uh, atop the podium, uh, moves the chest behind herself, and appears to ready something as she stands there staring down the squadron that's bearing down. All right, now it's a proper round. Hope you're up. Cool. Ooh, um... Hope we'll see Burrell kind of get the lasso thing going. And she'll... <laughs> so this is what she'll do. She'll say the word with her broom to activate her broom, which I believe is my action. And she'll mm-hmm. be sitting on it, ready to go. Because who knows where Burrell is going to end up during this. But either way, it's ready to fly. So you're going to ready your broom? Mm-hmm. Uh, where on the map should I put it? Uh, right next to where Hope is. Okay. And you're readying it to lift up uh, Varel? I'm using my action this turn to get it floating. Okay. So that once it's go time, I don't have to use my action. I can just start shooting while moving. Okay. I see. So you're going to hop on top of it and shoot. Exactly. Okay. Perfect. Um, Stanley, you're up. All right. Well, what do I want to do? Uh, All right. Well, as they're flying, I guess I'm going to ready an action that when they get within uh, 10 feet of Stanley, he's going to take his rapier, do a thrust, and cast Booming Blade on whichever one gets within 10 feet first. Perfect. Okay, so you're ready that action. And then as a bonus action, let me just see real quick here. It should work. I just got to measure. Do some measurements here. As a bonus action, I'm going to do my 
Mantle of Inspiration and give everyone 11 temporary hit points, including Elantris. Okay, perfect. And that you can free move. It, it burns your reaction, but you can move if you would like. I am so going to move. Oh, I you, am get to, you, get, you get 60 feet of movement too, uh, Nash. All right. Um, I just want to get in a better... Right, these things here, Bo, these... Um, what are these? These pillar things? Yeah, they're these uh, raised sort of floors. How high are those? Ten feet okay. from the base floor that Varel's on. Do they? Where they, Hope is, it's f- another five feet down, and along the side, it's every basically any height difference on the map is roughly five feet. Okay, so though, but they're but it's not equal to or higher than the than the um, ramp. Those four di- floors you see on the roof are higher, the high the highest points, and, and the dais that Knight Commander Elantris Vess is standing on. Oh, Stanley or Elantris Fane, sorry, not Vess. Okay. Um I was gonna go there, but Stanley moved there. That's fine. Um Well then great googly moogly here. Um I just need to You don't have to, you can keep your reaction. Yeah. Then if something flies past you, you can at least attack them. I was looking for a high ground, but actually now that I know that I can't do much with acid. And I don't know what the other ele- envir- or, uh, elemental issues are going to be. I'm probably going to have to go pretty physical with the fight. So I'm not going to move. I'm going to stay there. Oh, one quick technical question. Those 11 hit points, are those Nash Magards or are those his uh, version of the... Black Dragon. They apply on your dragon form. Okay. But they get u- temporary hit points get used before anything. So okay. Okay. it doesn't matter. You'll, you'll lose those before you lose anything else. Okay. But if you change forms without losing any HP, you'll still keep your temporary hit points. Oh, I will. Okay. That was kind of what I was wondering. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. okay. So I'll stay. you do nothing? Yep. Do nothing. You have an, you have an action? Um, do the I? Reaction? I mean, it's your turn. <laughs> oh, I thought, I thought we were still taking... Oh, no. St- Stanley... Mo- no, no. Sorry. You're... No. You know what? I misremembered. Stanley gave you a free movement with his bonus action. Yeah, that's what that... I thought yeah, we were so just finishing Stanley that fast. Out. Okay, never mind. Stanley, back to you. You ready to uh, That's it. Yep, that's my turn. Ready the action. Okay. Um, well, Nash, it is now your turn. Okay. I'm going to... Um, not really knowing what I'm up against here. I'm going to take... Uh, let me put this on screen for the chat room. Okay, I'm going to take... Um, myself and I'm going to get up here within striking range and I'm going to multi-attack this bastard right here. Okay. Um, and let's see three attacks, one with its bite, two with its claws. Let's do bite first. Uh, it's plus seven to hit. So I need to roll for hit. Hold on. A 24. That seems like a hit. Okay, that is a hit, yes. All right. Um, 15, sorry, hold on. D. There it is, 2d10 plus 4, plus 4 acid. Okay, but you're, you're, are you saying they're immune to acid, so I can't do the plus acid damage on this hit? Or on this? Uh, the map? acid breath didn't appear to do any damage to it last turn. All right. All right, here goes then. So you're... you're you, 2d10 plus 4 really it's normally you, right? it's normally 2d10 plus 4 but the f- plus 4 uh-huh. is 
Um, oh, there's acid. some acid damage yeah. component to the bite. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So if it's it's 15 if you count the acid, it's only 11 if it doesn't work. Okay, so 11 piercing damage. All okay. Right. So yeah, the acid damage doesn't do anything, but you do 11 piercing as you bite into this large creature. These creatures are as large as you, so you, you meet it head on. Uh, your size, uh, you run into it. You said 11 points of damage? Yeah. Uh, Okay, you take a big bite out of it. And the creature, now that you can see it close, it looks at you and says, all things must die. Its bite doesn't even provoke any kind of pain reaction. It just almost welcomes your bite as it looks at you with a hatred in its eyes. All right, here's hit then for the two claws. Are you ready? Yep. 22 to hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, that plus 7. Yeah, I got that right. All right. Let's see. Uh, 2d6 plus 4 slashing, so I can count that. All right. So 2d4, or no, do I say 2d4? Yeah, 2d4. 2d4? Plus 4 for dashing. Okay. Or slashing. 10 total points of damage. Okay. For that one, okay, you do 10 more points to it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't flinch as you rend the flesh with your claws. Its eyes glow and almost welcomes the attacks. All right, final attack. You You're one, ready? Yeah. All right. Yep. 17. Uh, a miss. Shit. It hits its skin and bounces off. Okay. Huh? You nailed it for, for two attacks. Okay, so that's your main attack action. You have, you have bonus action and movement remaining. I mean, I can't do much if I move. He gets opportunity to attack if I move, right? Yes. Because I'm right next to him. That's right. Um, hmm. There's not much I can do. So I will... Um. Yeah, I'll just... I'll basically just ready for another bite and hold my ground. There's, if I move, I'll get hit, so... Okay, so you begin assaulting the first thing there. Now, behind the creature you're fighting is this green-skinned creature, uh, very alien-looking, has a has this smooth head, has these large yellow eyes, but no irises. They're just these large yellow lumps. He has these ornate robes all over him, and he lifts up his hands, and you just hear a voice in your mind go, Darkness. And he conjures an area of darkness at the top of the tower. Uh, One second while I place that, please. So the area of darkness should have 15 foot radius. Radius is the halfway, right? So three, six squares. Yeah. Yeah. 30 30 feet. Six squares. Uh, I'll use this. This might be more easy. One, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six. And it's centered upon Stanley. Ah, nuts. So it's 15 high and 15 low. It is affecting Varel, but not Hope as well, as it casts a circle of darkness uh, cloud around Stanley. Okay. Uh, It is now... Okay, so as this cloud comes up, Hope, you're, 
you're leaning in such a way that you're kind of looking in the opposite direction and peering over the sides, right? And you see something majestic as the silhouettes in the northeast become clear. You see the Pegasus and Paladin Knight Riders become visible uh, on the horizon, and they're now very close. Uh, so let's see here. All right, and they're on the map on the top right. You see a squadron of Pegasi with Paladins astride them flying uh, towards that. And as that happens, you see to your uh, to the east, no, to the west of the tower, another squadron of Pegasus Riders begins flying in. They're not going to appear on the map, but they fly in and begin engaging the main host. You hear the sounds of battle begin to erupt. As you hear... All right. Um, Varel, it is your turn. Is the darkness doing anything to me? Other than dark? dark. Uh, uh, So, uh, you cannot see in the dark. So, a creature with dark vision can't see, and non-magical light can't illuminate it. So you are now completely blind. Okay. In the darkness. But I haven't lost orientation or anything like that? Um, uh, you're, it's dark. Yeah, I mean, your orientation is what you last remember it since you didn't move, right? So, yeah. Cool. Then, if capable, I would like to place my hand upon the pillar that Stanley is upon and use it to run around the corner, and then mm-hmm. disconnect using the darkness as cover and get into that corner while maintaining stealth. Okay. So, that... so let's make another stealth check, please. All right. Make it with advantage because you are doing this in actual darkness. I'm already advantage because of frog hemoth mutation. Oh, perfect. <laughs> uh, 22. Okay, so you're able to stealthily change your reposition out of the darkness. And you're going to maintain your ready action to lasso one of them. Is that right? Yep. Correct. Perfect. Okay. And as that, your turn ends. Uh, It is now the turn of these great beasts, finally. And the one in front of you, Nash, is going to attack you immediately since you're engaged with it. Um, Okay. And let's see. Exciting. Yeah. It immediately attacks you uh, with its great axe that it has this giant almost like mythological can't even be real just humongous axe that's the size of Varel himself as he brings it into your dragon body attempting to hit you with it okay so that plus that uh 23 okay so that hits you okay and i just have to collect my dice here from my bowl of dice that also has coffee creamers in it for some reason. <laughs> Don't mix those up for some sure. Some people keep their dice revered in places of Ooh. great importance. Bo keeps them mixed amongst coffee. Yeah. Okay, it deals um, 17 slashing damage to you. Jeez, okay. Okay, and now I need you to make a constitution saving throw, please. I'm sorry. Or no, no, you don't need to do that. Sorry, can you give me the, point, the damage points one more time? What was it? Ooh, 17. Just 17, okay. Yeah. So the the blade sinks in, and then he takes his hand off the hilt, and then he attempts to rake you with his claws. Rake me with a K. K, with a K. All right. Okay. Just making sure. So 22. Jeez Louise. Okay. Okay. Sorry about that. Why am I apologizing? Yeah, don't be sorry. <laughs> uh, that does 
11 points of damage, slashing damage. Hey, your creamers could be D2s. <laughs> they could be. Let me yeah. roll them. <laughs> I don't know what the result <laughs> You have to decide which is uh, good. All right, I wait, just sorry. Them. 11. I don't know what it means. So we got uh, 12, or sorry, 17, 22, 11, and 11. 11 slashing damage. Okay. 17 for the first one, 11 for the second one, right? Mm-hmm. Got it. All right, now I need you to make a constitution saving throw. What was the 22 for? It was an attack roll. Oh, you rolled a 22. Yeah. I thought it was damage. Sorry. I normally don't say that. That's why you're probably confused. No, that's good. I'm just trying to keep track of the dragon points, and I don't have it automatically. Yeah. So it's your constitution saving throw that you must make now. All right. Here goes. You mean that one thing I should have put more points in? That one? I don't know. I do. (laughs) Just make make a saving throw. Oh, this isn't bad. 16? You save. Uh, so you don't suffer the terrible effects of the wound. Okay. Uh, but you feel that the claw has something festering in it that your body's fighting, but you that claw is very dangerous. Okay. Okay. Perfect. That is that. Um, now, there are the ones around you. They fly past you. Uh, let's see. Sorry. I'm, I'm, these are all new monsters for me. So, uh, Okay have to reference things so uh, you can opportunity attack one of them as they fly by Scott oh me I thought you said Stanley um, yeah all right then I will attack him with some opportunity so make an, make an attack roll with your bite or claw action I'll do bite and it will be. 18? Uh, that's a hit. Whew. That's good, because 17 wasn't. Um, all right. Let's see. I already forgot my damage modifier. Hold on. Uh, bite is 2d10 plus 4, except that 4 won't work. All right. 2d10 is going to be a total of ugh, 8 total. Yuck. Eight total? Yeah. Okay, so does eight points of damage to it? Yeah. All right, perfect. So, you, oh, no, that's, not, that's the one you're facing. So the one that just flew by, you do it, you sort of clip it with your claw, you, you scratch along the surface of its skin, opening up a three sort of claw marks on the shoulder, but it doesn't, isn't a terrible amount of damage, but it's a nice injury, nevertheless. All right. You said, you said seven or eight? Eight. Eight total. Um, well, if it was perfect. claw, then there's another plus four because it would because that's slashing damage. If you're saying it was a claw, not my bite. I rolled for bite. Oh, for bite. Okay, then you, you your teeth sink in and scrape okay. along, okay. cutting it. But it's not a it's a grazing blow. Okay. Uh, now Varel, the rest of them are using their dash action to speed to the top of the tower quickly, meaning they won't be attacking. Uh, but there is the one passing directly above you, so you have an action queued up for that, I believe. All right. Uh, since there's no used rope skill in 5th edition, how do you want to go about my lasso? So you're going to attempt to lasso it? Sweet. Uh, so that's going to be... Oh, geez, an animal handling skill, I believe? Sweet. I, I will kind of up my jump rope business <laughs> mm-hmm. with a... <laughs> 15. Okay, so what you're attempting to do with the jump rope, like, 
sort of like around its neck or something like that or a neck a foot like whatever i can kind of loop it around in a you know since they have momentum i'm assuming that you know in, in turns it's tough but their forward momentum would cause the the tautness okay so you're firing it straight up right yeah for it to catch it and then hopefully it comes back down and you're able to grab onto it right no, 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 like a jump rope. So I have the two ends of the 50-foot rope, and I'm kind of up the loop. Wah, I got you. Okay, so I'm trying to think of it would connect on its neck or chest probably, right? Yeah, or a foot. Or, or a foot. Yeah, a foot makes more sense. I'm like trying to think of how that, that might work where it wouldn't just slide down off the body. So, perfect. You were successful. You flip the rope up. It snags a foot. And immediately the rope becomes taut and begins carrying you up. And you're now dangling on the back of this thing. It flies above the cloud, so it's not actually in the darkness where Stanley is. Uh, even though it's hard to make that sort of do what I want it to here. And I can't move you, um, so I'm just going to move that. Uh, you're dangling now underneath it above the darkness circle. Okay. Okay. Um, perfect. It flies by. You're hanging off of it. Uh, that brings us to Elentris, who again holds her position at the center, uh, waiting for enemies to come. Now, as this all happens, uh, the machines of war have spooled up, and you can hear the noises, and catapults have been apparently commanded to fire once again upon the tower. Uh, so, I'm going to roll a dice to see where these things hit. Is everyone ready? No. Yes. Yes. Uh, ooh, well, that's considered a roll. It's a six. That's a 19. So one, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six. All right. So fireball, uh, not a fireball, sorry. A catapulted trebuchet weapon fires here. Uh, hope you're going to have to make a saving throw. Oh, jeez, it's big. Oh, shit, what kind of saving throw? Uh, I need you to make a dexterity saving throw, please. Okay. Not as bad. Uh, it's still kind of bad. Eight. Eight, okay. Uh, so you aren't able to get out of the way in time. And the catapult hits and explodes in the area around you, and you take... Again, you take... 11 points of fire damage. Aha! Uh-huh, that! Okay, another one hits over here, where there's no one there. And the last one hits uh, over here. And, Hope, we're back to you and your turn. Uh, Alright, so with this fire going off, Hope's gonna rise up into the air 10 feet kind of yell and whoop and holler in infernal at the flyers and then take off toward the pegasi okay perfect so move your care so your your broom speed is 50 so you can mount it using five feet of movement then you have 45 remaining on your broom are you able to move your dude uh, yeah, I can move her. It may take a, a few... I can move it myself, but it'll take longer then. Okay, so you're flying towards the Pegasi? 
Yeah, I want to see if I can get the demon's attentions to see if they'll follow me. Okay, so yeah, when you're ready, are you able to move it now or do you want to wait? Just so that you're... uh, I can start moving it now. Let me measure it out. Sorry, I can move it for you too if you just point out where you want to move to. It should be one, two, three, four, five, six. Hang on, 45 feet, that would be nine squares. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So you'd be able to move as far as here. I can't ping it. Near the top right, the uh, northeast dais. Sounds good. Okay, perfect. So whoop, that is. All right, so you'll be there and you're atop the broom. All right, so you hop onto the broom, you start flying towards the Pegasus. Now, Stanley, I realize you're supposed to get a reaction. Uh, but you can't see, so you're not able right. to use the reaction. Yeah. Perfect. I just didn't cover it. I want to make sure. No, that's yeah. fine. That makes sense. I said when I see them get within 10 feet, I can't see within 10 feet of anything. Perfect. Okay, so, Stanley, that brings us to your turn. All right. Uh, I'm familiar with the darkness spell. Dian Talus knew it. Uh, mm-hmm. I lived it, so I know that I should get out of it. And I'm going to move 30 feet uh, till I, well, start to move, hit this wall. Is it Low enough where I can hop over it and hop off it if I move to the east. Uh, it's a 10-foot drop. Okay. That's so fine. you can drop off of it. You're agile enough to, even through the darkness, have a sense. Okay. Uh, let's make an acrobatics check, just in case. Sure. Yeah, it might make an error and sprain a foot or something. You know, it could yeah. happen. Okay. That was the best of us. Uh, acrobatics, that's going to be a 18. Perfect. All right. So an 18, uh, you are able to jump off without taking any damage. You hit the ground through the darkness and find your way out. All right. I am going to cast telekinesis. Gain Mm -hmm. the power of telekinesis for 10 minutes as an action. Is it it concentration? It is concentration. All right. Perfect. And uh, I am going to use it to reach out and grab... Uh, this demon right here, uh, this fella. Yep. I'm gonna try and drag him towards me. Okay. With melee rage. All right. So telekinesis. Is this the first time we're using telekinesis in combat? Yes. Okay. So what defenses am I allowed? Uh, you can to... try and move. Oh, sorry. We're reading the same thing. Yep. <laughs> You can try to move a huge or smaller creature. Make an ability check of their spellcasting ability contested by the creature's strength check. All right, so you make your usual spellcaster roll, right? Yeah, so he's got a... I, wouldn't it be a, he has to beat a 17 or am I rolling? You roll and oh, okay. add your modifiers. It's, it's not quite... It's an ability check, but it's your spellcasting ability. So that would be your proficiency, you know, your proficiency and modifier kind of thing. Just a oh, normal okay. plus, like plus nine spell attack with... Oh no! You'd use plus five for modifier. I think that's yeah. But C. then, wouldn't it also be proficiency as well? Proficiency applies to attacks, not uh, skills. I don't see why it wouldn't. Yeah, add your proficiency to it. Either way, yeah. I rolled a natural twenty, so it's either a twenty-five or a twenty-nine. No, it's not a attack roll. So oh, right. Not a win, but uh, it's strength check. So I'll make the strength check for the creature. And he's got a good modifier, but not enough to beat your 20... What did you say, 23? 
Uh, on the low side, it would be 25. 25. Okay, so you win. All right, drag him within melee range. Okay, so you bring him right up in front of you. This guy's as big as a house. Now, he's floating. That's fine. Are you bring are you are you keeping him floating or are you bring him down to your level? I'm bringing him right face to face, close enough to stab with a dagger. Just to so spoil he, he what has I'm to be standing. He has to be standing on the floor, right? Yep. Okay. So you go to bring him in closer, and he lands on the floor. And as soon as he hits the floor, he goes. Yeah! And he explodes in a white light full of guts. And uh, dexterity saving throw, please. Uh oh. Oh well, I just killed him, so I mean, I'll happily do this. Uh oh, that's not good. Uh, that's gonna be a ten. Okay, and you are immediately you're covered in a pile of the smelliest, foulest guts. There's like intestine wrapped around your head, and just uh, all manner of biology covering you completely. Like, think of those movies where you, the character just gets completely covered in slop. Uh-huh. That's you right now. You explode. You brought it right in front of you, which is clever. And it hit the ground, and the momentum is in your direction. So you just went, <laughs> you know, you're like, um, it's like a Warner Brothers cartoon. It's just guts, and you see these eyes blinking in the gut. Oh, no. It's worse to Stanley than damage. Ah, it's yeah. awful. But uh, you, uh, it, oops, that's still there, but it dies explodes before you, uh, dying instantly against the surface of the tower. Okay, that's my that's my turn. Alright, perfect. Uh, that means Nash, you're up. Alright, can you remind me that in our past discussions, have we ever allowed for me to cast other Nash spells while in dragon form? Yep, you have full access to all of your spells in dragon form. Alright. All right. Um, I currently have inspiration, so I'm mm-hmm. gonna I'm gonna use it. And oh no, that isn't gonna matter for what I want to do though. All right. Um, I'm gonna we're gonna do a little team play here. I would like to cast. I'll find it. Can't remember the name. Hold on, just a second. Where is it? Hmm. All right, I'm going to... Actually, I'm going to... Okay, scratch all that. I'm going to try... Um, I'm going to try something that will help. Mm, potentially help Varel. So this one to his left... That's yeah. not attacking anybody at the moment. It looks like it's going to join in. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to cast Banishment on it. Okay. Uh, this sends him to another plane of existence. Has to succeed on a uh, charisma saving throw or be banished. The charisma okay. saving throw is a 16. All right. So let's see. Okay. Uh, it fails. Awesome. Um, I'm going to cast this. This and this goes for a minute. Let's see. I just want to check some of the other stuff. So it's it's the one it. right here, right? This uh, I can't ping the map for some reason. It's the one just adjacent to uh, 
If we're looking at yeah. the map, it's to the left and just slightly up. That, not the one that's up higher than that. Um, okay. So. I'm going to banish him to... It lets me choose, but it doesn't matter. I just want to send him to a plane of existence that isn't this. Okay, perfect. Uh, so, the spell's successful, so describe how... Okay, I, I say it in my big bellowing dragon voice. I say... Uh, now you're here, but soon you won't. To another plane, you big fat goat. And then I do it. <laughs> All right, perfect. And it blinks out of existence. You banish it. You just go. All right. And it goes. And just disappears. All right, sweet. Um. And I think that's all I can do because I don't have a bonus action I can really use up here. So unless mm, I can't, you're not you're not going to allow me to do any kind of basic melee, right? Because it's if I do any melee at all, it's either a bite or a or a, or a claw, right? With, with dragon uh, form. What? I, you can, can can I ever do basic melee attacks that have nothing to do with bite or claw? Like like I would if I was Nash what, with a what sword. Would be, what would be your fi- what would be your basic attack? Uh, that's my question. Like I don't know what it would be. So so everything you have on you transforms into the dragon form. So it's not like you have a little toothpick that you're your quarter step. <laughs> no, I understand that. I guess what I'm saying so is you can fight with any weapons you have available to you as long as they exist. Okay. Magically or otherwise. So right now you have claws and a bite. You don't have any other weapons on your person. So I don't know what other attack you'd want to make. I have a cool tail. That's kind of what I was getting at. Can I see? You want to whip it with your tail? I want to whip it with my tail. You can do that. It'll be for less damage. Okay, that's fine. I'll uh, let me roll for hit. Okay. Is there anything you're intending with the tail hit or? Just trying to smack him in the head as hard as I can. Maybe blind (laughs) him. If I can get him in the eyes, it'd be cool if I could blind it. It'd be for bludgeoning damage. Yes. Trying to blind it? Well, that's different. You can attempt to blind someone without doing damage, potentially. You want to poke it in the eye with your large tail. Is that still just going to be a normal roll? It depends. You describe what you want to do, and I'll figure out how we get there. It it isn't really that you have only three different types of attacks. You you tell me what you imagine. So my tail has a bunch of sharp ridges on it. It's in segments. And Mm -hmm. I want to take that thing and try to rake it across his eyeballs. So that, or at least an it. eye, to blind, attempt to a blind, to blind it. Yes. Okay. Then make a, uh, make an attack roll, please. All right. Here we go. That would be a nineteen. Did you add any modifiers to your attack roll? None. None. Okay. So you have to attack roll always includes modifiers. So you'll have to include your strength modifier with that. I have no strength modifier. I have zero strength dragon? modifier. Oh. Your dragon has strength. That calculation is taken care of conveniently for you in the stat block, but it's always that same formula. No, you're right. So, so the plus seven to hit is just going to be its plus four strength plus, plus its proficiency. Right. For example, so we'll just add plus seven to your attack roll. We'll All just right. make it even with everything that's here. Okay, so that's nine. So that's 26. 26? Okay, perfect. Uh, so you smack it, attempting to, to poke its eyes and blind it. Uh, and so roll a dam- roll damage dice. Roll two d six, please. Two d six. Yeah. Okay. Here we come. <laughs> two <laughs> double ones. I got snake eyes. Okay, and he's <laughs> going to roll a saving throw. Sorry, what? You got two 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 points damage. I rolled a one and a one. Oh, okay. 
All right, perfect. And the creature uh, does not save, so you take your um, tail and you stab it in the eyes, and uh, it goes, and it just sort of it stops for a second trying to see, and it can't see, but it, it doesn't really seem to be deterred. It spends a minute worrying about that, and then it it's reinvigorated and, and looks like it's about to swing wildly at you from wherever. It doesn't need its eyes to see you, okay. but it is blinded. Okay. okay. All right. So Mission accomplished. What it. else would you like to do? That's it. That's your action. No yep. movement or bonus actions. Mm, nope. Okay. Perfect. And that brings us to the being behind the being you're fighting. So I'm just going to put some sort of blind thing here. A ninja face will help remind it. Right. All right. So um, this creature uh, behind you, Nash. Uh, just need a second. I'm using all kinds of stuff I've never used before. Um, okay. That creature goes invisible. Oh. Okay. And you can no longer see it. Great. He just whoosh vanishes from behind, sensing. You almost have the sense that it senses is kind of in danger, that its numbers have dwindled, and it changes uh, invisible. So you can no longer see it. These things are OP. All right. Now the Pegasi in the corner uh, approach closer. So as this battle continues, the squadron starts uh, coming in closer. Let's make sure we get them all here. All right. Begins flying in. Uh, One, two, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Okay. So, yeah. So flies in closer, and they're now above the tower, flying ever closer to tonight, Commander Alantris. <coughs> Excuse me, Vorel, you're up. All right. Got got the tiger by the tail. Uh, yes. Ha- have we moved? Has he taken a turn since? Uh, no, they're, they're next on the initiative order list. Okay. Uh, did I... I did witness what happened with Stanley's prey, though. Yes, Stanley's mm. sorry, Stanley's prey hit the ground and exploded. Oh, you're you're flying above the darkness circle. You can't see it. Okay, okay. And actually, I think that darkness circle has to go because the caster it's a concentration spell. The caster casted a new spell, so that now actually whoosh, disappears. Okay, uh, have I been? Uh... Have I been? I've been dragged, but have I been elevated above the ground? You are dangling above the ground. Yes, dangling so far that this you're a, a couple of feet off. You're just taking off. He hasn't moved yet, so you're just you're caught up in his momentum. Okay, cool. So I got my I got my two ends of rope. What I want to do is tie a knot. To make a noose. So one knot, you know, on the rope. Okay. So that as I grab a... So one hand ties a knot, the other hand holds on to the rope I have, and as my as I slide down, it'll noose that knot. Okay. Oh, I see what you're saying. As you're... Because you're, you have weight on it, right? So you're going to use your weight for that knot to go... Right. right? Tighten up on the foot. Okay, that's going to take an action to manage that feat of uh, hero heroism. 
so let's make that uh, tying a knot. Probably the most challenging part because the weight is just your weight, right? So sleight of hand, please. Oh. Uh, yeah. All right. Sleight of hand. It's finger dexterity. That's important here. Twelve. Okay. Um, you attempt uh, to to get a knot into the rope, but with all the like your hand, you're also dangling off of it, just being pulled up. That you aren't able to get the knot in place just yet. And you're frustrated by this, but it, it doesn't succeed. Okay. Do I lose? Grip? That's your action. You don't lose grip. Okay. So I still I still got both ends. I just couldn't complete the knot. Yeah, you couldn't complete the knot. Okay. You're prioritizing holding on above all else, so the knot just didn't work this turn. Okay. I will uh, use my bonus action to enter my rage. Okay. You're now angry <laughs> that you didn't tie the knot. Mad about the knot. The <laughs> nicest way someone has ever entered their rage. I will mm. enter my rage. I'm downright okay. I'm Anything so else? So, uh, I'm all mad. No, that's your bonus action. You're not mm -hmm. moving because you're dangling off this guy, so that's your deal there. Um, perfect. All right. That would mean it's now up to them. So the one in front of you, Nash, uh, we can immediately figure out that that's going to attack you again. It's blinded, so it suffers disadvantage on its attacks. Cool. It's not immune to blindness, is it? No, it's not. Yeah. Wait, this is the one that uh, was dis he's already blim blimped back into... It's reality. the one in front of you that you've been attacking. Right, but wasn't he invisible? I guess he still is. No, the one that's banished was the one that was to the left of Varel. Right, but the one I'm fighting right next to me, you said he went, he disappeared. No, that was the one behind him, the smaller guy. Oh, I apologize. Yeah. All right. The one that was on the horse, yeah, he disappeared. I think it's because I saw the ninja icon and it threw me off. All right, go ahead. Oh, no. Okay, so uh, let me roll with disadvantage. He attempts to attack you. Uh, with disadvantage, uh, that is a uh, 21. Oh, That's man. a hit. That's definitely a hit. Okay. It attacks you with its great axe, trying to sink it in. It does 20 points of slashing damage. Okay. Do you know how much HP you're at? I can note it. And yeah, I was going to just do the math real quick because um, I've been tracking it. So we are at... Uh, hold on, 17 plus 11. Total of 48 damage minus from... 127. 127, yep. You said 48 damage? 127 minus 48. So that's 79 damage. Or sorry, 79 uh, hit points left. HP. Perfect. Thank you very much. I'll note that on my and start tracking that. And actually, we can track that so you can see it too. See? You see it above your dude? Uh, not yet. You mean my little icon man on the map? Yeah, I should be able to put a health bar above that. I'm just trying so that you can see. Oh, there we go. Now you can see it. Oh, yeah. Look at that. That's awesome. You got a health bar there. Okay. Perfect. So that's that. Um... So it attacks you once with the axe, sinking in, it hurts. Then it again attempts to take its claws and to, to sink them into you again like it did last time. But it is with disadvantage. Oops, that's damage dice. All right, that one misses. As it attempts to sink into you with its claw again, it misses. 
and it says to you, Nash, it says, Your resistance is wasted. Join us and become nothing. Whispers to you, says quite loudly to you. It is not a whisper. It's in my head, um, though. I'm only hearing this in my head. No, or? he said he says it. He says it vocally. Okay, you can hear him say that too. Okay. Um, so the one that's flying above you, uh, Varel, it notices you're clamoring on, and it flies more a little bit towards the center, but it recoils up. And it attempts to pull you up by the rope. It sees that you're dangling on, and it grabs the rope and rolls an athletics check. Okay. Let's see. 17 plus. All right. So uh, is there anything you can do to fight back? Should we make this a contest? You're You're hanging on. I don't know if there's anything you can do as it pulls you up. But it's, it takes the rope, and with each length, it's going, and it's pulling you slowly up. I mean, that's saving me the trouble of climbing up towards it. So I'm, I'm embracing this moment. Yeah, but it doesn't know that you like that, right? It just thinks that it's getting, <laughs> you know, so it's starting to pull you up towards it, and it uses most of the action of its turn to haul you up the fifty feet of rope that there are. So it slowly hauls you up, and you're just, just now, like maybe five feet of rope between him. And the guy. So that's his action. Uh, I just want to make sure I've done everything perfect. That's that one. Another winged beast. Oh, and you've taken damage. I need a concentration saving throw from you, please, Nash. Okay. I think that's uh, Stanley, correct me if I'm wrong. It's an intelligence uh, saving for, throw. For what? Yeah, for, well, concentration. What's concentration, the he has to roll a d20 plus constitution, I believe. Okay, and maybe. it has to exceed half the damage of what he took. So 48. Unless needs to be... it's under 10, and then it has to just be higher than 10. Oh, so he took 20 damage. So it has to, he has to roll higher than 10. Okay. He has to roll higher than 10 for 20 damage? Yeah. And this is a intelligence i believe so it's been a while since i saw it i could be remembering it wrong all right i'm gonna look it up for you just so that we don't get this wrong here sorry uh don't you wish that when you search concentration that's the first thing that comes up not the potion of heroism mm-hmm. i do wish that like the actual concentration mechanic doesn't come up at all <laughs> that's annoying guys it used to be good you must make a constitution saving throw to maintain concentration. The DC equals 10 or half the damage you take, whichever number is higher. Oh, perfect. That's to- Thank you, Stanley. All right. Make your concentration saving throw, please. Me, right? Con- yeah. Okay. You said con save, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, John said that. All right. A 23. All right, so that character you banished is still banished. That's what we had to figure out there. That was a nat right. 20 plus three for, I, I'm just, sorry. God, I'm just, uh, that was great. Nice. Oh, good. Congrats on the roll. That <laughs> felt really Absolutely. good. I haven't had very, I mean, uh, anyway, it was good. I'm pleased. So the last remaining uh, winged beast, green skinned winged beast, three, four, five, six, that's 30 feet. What's their movement? Okay, so what, 12. All right, so flies up in front of Elantris, flies to the center, the one of the creatures ha- having made it to the middle, and 
begins. Uh, let's see here. Okay. All right, he's just going to attack her. All right, so he descends upon her with both hands on the axe overhead and is trying to cut her into two separate pieces. Plus nine, okay, and it's a miss. As he hits the ground and the lantern sidesteps it, she holds her uh, light blade in her hand as she dodges it, her hair flowing, and then he attempts to stab her with the claw. And this time, as she steps over quickly, moves the sword, the claw sinks into her. And it does. Six. It does 11 points of damage to her. Okay, so that puts us at that. Nice. And then now she has to make a saving throw. If Stanley's watching this, he should have to roll an arousal check because his girlfriend is kicking ass. <laughs> well, no, she got stabbed. She hasn't oh. kicked any ass yet. So <laughs> that would be a different kind of arousal. I don't know what yeah. turns Stanley on. I have no idea. <laughs> All right, it stabs her, but she she passes the saving throw, but still he's able to get claws into her. <laughs> all right, and that's that one's turn. That's all the beasts, I believe. We got everybody there. Um, that brings us to Elantris, who looks back at her, uh, her assailant, and swings her sword. Now she swings her sword and brings it into the air. It shines bright, letting out a bright flash of light. Um, and the creatures in the area... Evil creatures in the area have to make a saving throw. Uh, hope that includes you. Oh no! Uh, don't tell on me yet. <laughs> Just need you to make a um, uh, dexterity saving throw, please. Uh, looks like it'll be a nineteen. Okay, so you're able to close your eyes quickly enough. As you see the light shine out, you close, look away, and. You open them, and you're not affected by it. However, the two creatures, uh, the one facing her specifically, becomes blinded. Uh, so let's see here. As she swings the sword and brings it in for damage. And that is a natural 20. Oh, my god! Now we roll the arousal check. Yeah, now it's already yeah, there. Have the everyone roll, too high. roll for arousal. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, so she does 36 points of damage. Oops, I did the wrong thing. 36. All right, she brings a sword in the air. It flashes, and then she sinks it in and slices open its chest. This big gaping wound in its chest as it, as it looks down and says, Give us the fist. And that is her turn. Uh, now catapults again begin raining down hell. Uh, let's see where they land. Supposed to roll for arousal after she does the fist. Yeah, oh, you can roll for arousal. Yeah. Oh, I told you that DC is too high. I can't. I can't pass that. It, it happened. <laughs> it's with disadvantage then, but you can still roll if you want. Okay. It's a disadvantage. I rolled a five and a seven. All right, the next one lands here. And the last one 
plans up here. All right, it's missing everyone on top of the tower. Okay, perfect. Now, uh, this time you've detected, Stanley, that your magic for the polymorph has worn off. And uh, so you are able to concentrate again. Uh, oh, I'm see. sorry. That would have gone away as soon as I did the telekinesis. I yeah, should but have it clarified. It fell to the ground. Now, when something falls, I believe the damage carries over into their main form, too, right? Yes. Yeah. You don't just survive because you fell as a rat and then, well, I've got a new HP pool and it doesn't affect me. Like it spills over. So uh, we can be reasonably confident that whatever creature you polymorph is now dead. Okay. More upkeep on my end because there's a lot of moving parts in this encounter. And we move back to Hope at the top of the initiative roll. Sweet. So Hope's going to look back and she's going to see that those assholes did not follow her. She's going to get very, very frustrated. Ah, uh, but then is it fair to say that she can look at Stanley and deduce what Stanley did? To deduce what Stan, what do you mean? Uh, pulled something mean? onto the tower. Oh, yeah, you could, you saw that for sure. Throughout the periphery of battle, everyone's paying attention, right? Looking around, yeah. seeing the football field, know what's going on. You, you saw that. Okay, cool. So now I have another question about the broom. Can I move and dash for a second move? Can you move and dash for a second move? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. You can. You can dash on the broom. You just that means you can't use an action, right? So your yes. action is the dash. Okay. So here is my grandmaster plan. Seeing what's going on, seeing what Stanley did, I'm gonna see Varel hanging on to the creature in the back. And I want to ride basically a hypotenuse, an angle upward, so mm -hmm. that I can position myself above that monster that Varel is on. And then I will spend my action surge, I believe it's called, for a third action to dive bomb and see if our combined weight can push that thing onto the tower. Okay, so you want to fly up into the air yes. and like dive bomb it from the top. And yeah. not a, but the intent isn't to do damage, but to knock it in. Yes. It's the thing. So you notice it's being kept afloat by its wings. Yes. So if there was some way to disrupt the wings, that would be advantageous to this plan as you dive mm. bomb. Okay. So in that case, we won't do the action search. I'll get in position above and I'll yell down to Varel. The wings, Varel, the wings. You can still dive bomb it. I just mean if you were to target the wings or whatever. Know what I okay. Mean? Yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Okay. So in that case, I'll still yell the wings, the wings, and I'll start the dive bomb and hope that Varel helps <laughs> in some way. Okay. Okay. So the ground, and just let me measure the distance between you literally, right? So just, let's see here. Where's the ruler option? So it would go. So it's 50 feet. So you can fly to it as part of the movement and you're going to arc, right? So you want to use the dash action for height. So since you're not, yep. you're not dive bombing at this turn, so you can get 50 feet of height on it. Is that what you want to do? Yes. Okay. So you're now floating above it. Uh, oops. At 50 feet of height. Now it may move during that time. One of the things you could do too, uh, hope is, you could fly up high into the air with your 50 feet and then as a reaction dive bomb it. 
because you don't know where it's going to be. If you fly above it now, it's going to move position probably, right? As it struggles to battle with Pharrell. Yeah, totally, totally. But I can just move along with it. Okay. So that's what I'll do. I'll hover above it 50 feet okay. and kind of move Perfect. along with right. it. So, so Varel, you see uh, behind the creature as it pulls you up, Hope flies up behind it into position for a dive bomb. You got that? Awesome. All right, Stanley, you're up. All right. Uh, having had much success, uh, Stanley is going to move 30 feet mm-hmm. over to here. And he is going to use telekinesis once again to try and grind this creature down into the tower. Um, I did look it up in between mm-hmm. turns, and yeah. the spell attack or the spell modifier is spell casting modifier plus proficiency. Okay, perfect. So it's the um, plus nine, right? Yes. So we but have this is a, a, this is a saving throw versus the strength of the creature. Got it. Okay. Yes. So we got to have right. a contest. All right, let's have a little contest. Yeah, contests are fun. Okay, that's not bad. Uh, That's going to be... Okay, and sorry, it's a strength one, right? It's going to be 26. I got 15. All right, he gets grabbed. He gets grabbed. All right, he gets grabbed, and you're, you're pulling him right down to the ground? Yeah, so Stanley just comes around the corner... Uh, Darth Vader's theme plays. He just puts the hand out <laughs> and uh, he just forces it down and just grinds him face first into the tower. Okay. And as you grind him face first, he goes, Darkness will descend upon all of. And he bursts into a pile of guts. Dexterity saving throw for you and the Lantris. I mean, I'm already covered, but you know, you All do right. what you got. rolls a twenty, and it basically just misses her without her having to move. Uh, Seventeen. Okay, and you're able to sidestep it because you're far enough away from it, and it explodes into a pile of guts as it hits the ground. Now she has to roll the arousal roll. <laughs> okay. With advantage, or just yeah, with advantage. That's pretty sexy. And that, and that natural twenty, boom. I don't know what that means, but... It's I don't know either, good or bad. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, for arousal, so she succeeds in being aroused. Right, oh, so. okay, so it's a double positive. She's Negative? very, wow. very She primed. couldn't not be aroused. Very primed for... Critical things. arousal. Yeah. Critical arousal, that's it. All right. Um, okay, Nash, you're next. All right. Um, from this vantage point... Fearing for my friends. This one above uh, Varel is in what shape now? Is he hurt? This one up, so Varel's hanging off of it, yeah, skipping rope style off its foot. Although he's right close to it because the creature is flying in the air and pulling him up. And Hope is fifty feet above, and you can tell she's about to dive bomb this creature. All right. Well, it's not going to hurt either way to do this. Um. I would like to first move. I know I'm going to get an opportunity to attack here, but I don't care. I want to move because if I if I run out of juice while I'm up here, I don't want to fall to my death. Okay. I need to opportunity be over Opportunity attack happens. 11 plus. The modifier is 20 for a hit, I'm assuming. 
Uh, yes. And it swings at you with its claw. Which you know is bad. It does five, 11 points of slashing damage, which I can mark right here, right on your dude. Marking my dude. So, puts you to 68 points of damage, or mm-hmm. HP left, rather. Yep. Excuse me. And um, you have to make a saving throw, please. Okay. De- uh, constitution saving Constitution throw, saving throw? Mm-hmm. Okay, hold on. Wrong tab. Where are we? There we are. An 18? You save once again. Barely. It's, it's the claws cut you. <laughs> you feel it sink into your skin, but now you can continue your turn. You can move away. All right, I'm going to move away. I just want to get over here where I can have some ground underneath me. And then okay. I'm going to... Uh, my action will be we're going to double... We're going to double bubble Varel and give him... So before we double bubble Varel, yeah, I do need you to make a concentration saving throw. Please. Oh, all right. And the damage, what did I say it was? Eleven, right? Yeah. So you gotta you gotta roll eleven or higher. Eleven or higher. Well, if the Con- damage was eleven, half of that would be six. But that's oh, 10, it's half. So it oh, it's half, okay. right? Because last time I was twenty and ten. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. Sorry, ten. It's all okay. good. Um, a twenty-two. All right, so the creature remains banished still. Uh, so now you want to you want to cast enlarge yeah, <laughs> on Varel. I'm going to enlarge. I'm going to embiggen Varel. That old, which would be a double turn. concentration, so you'd lose the banishment. Mm-hmm. You can't cast enlarge unless that's okay. You'll that's lose okay. banishment if you cast enlarge. That's okay. So. I'm gonna now that I'm over here. I don't care if he pops back in. The whole goal is just oh. to hold him off for a while, so it's fine. It's All right, idea. so you cast like a spell it. enlarging. Varel, but mm-hmm. the unthinkable happens. You move in the location of where you banish the creature, and the creature appears inside of you. Wait, he wasn't over there. Oh, what? He wasn't there. He, he's over there on my GM lair. So don't move your dude because <laughs> oh, card laid gross. is a card played. What? Well for digestion. <laughs> and I think oh, that's probably no. where we'll leave our cliffhanger, but the creature appears <laughs> inside the body of Nash and this hideous amalgamation of dragon and whatever demon is now going oh, no. in the same space. It is like this time is a cop. terrible cliffhanger. I want to know what happens. Holy roll for crap. arousal. Yeah, roll for arousal. <laughs> Will Nash survive? Oh my gosh. Will Varel and Hope finally get a kill of their own? Did I really? Stanley. Did I really move that right there? Like that's where he was. That you literally moved in the spot where he was <sighs> banished. It's just I moved him to the GM layer so I could see it, but you couldn't. And uh, well, you brought him back. That's <laughs> and I'm like, that is random. I'm not. I didn't move anything. I didn't cheat or anything like no, that. No, no, Literally I, moved I, the exact four squares where that creature was. I kind of love that it happened because now I can't wait to see what ends up. That happening. is as organic as it gets. Um, so it reappears in the same spot it disappeared from, and you are stuck inside of it or something like that. Right. Just, we'll figure it out next week. It, you look like a, a curious level mess. Well, it's amazing. <laughs> It's amazing. I can't wait to see what happens. All right. Well, that's going to do it for uh, this episode and this session. Now, a reminder to our listeners. Look, you're sitting around thinking, man, I sure would like some bonus content from these guys. I wonder how I'd get it. Well, simply do this. Because today, in fact, right after this, we're recording a half-hour bonus show that we do every month. 
And uh, you only get that by being a Dungeon Plus member, which you can sign up for easily and simply over at therewillbedungeons.com. Uh, everything else is there as well. So whatever you're looking for, whether it's our Twitter accounts, web stuff, uh, how to get the YouTube version of this, all that stuff. It's right there, linked and ready to go, plus episode notes for every episode that we do. Uh, that's going to do it for us, for me, for Kyle, for Kristen, for John, for Bo, for me. Is that everybody? <laughs> I think that's everybody, right? Am I missing anyone? No, that's everyone. I don't think so. Oh, and Baby Chunks. We'll see you next time. There you go. There This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Yes. Get more at frogpants.com. As you yell out.